Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods, an angler's choice out of San Diego, California. Today's guest is Bobby Delamater and Danny Delamater, his son. Bobby does Bobby debates. Um, he's a Delta guy. He's, he's been fishing up there for 40 years, he said. And uh, he makes a spinnerbait that everyone likes up there. He also makes a live wire by Blank. And he's the father of Danny. And Danny's been on the podcast a couple times. Another great guy. Uh, part owner of Blanked up there as well. And this was uh, one of them up north episodes. This was great. The morning of this day, uh, right at, right before this on the podcast, we went fishing. I fished a Delta the first time ever. And it was amazing. I watched, uh, we pulled up to a spot. I caught like a two-pounder. Then uh, I think Danny caught a five. Then Caesar caught a seven. And then I got on something big. I don't know what it was. Uh, they said it looked like it, was, it had been a bass. But it, I think it, it, it was going to beat my PB, but it, it popped off. So it's crappy. And it wasn't my fault, though. So it was fine. <laughs> but it was, it was a fun time. So the Delta was amazing. And all the episodes are up there. So, yeah, this is a great talk, too. We talk a lot about tournament fishing. We talk about sponsorships. We talk about the Delta. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, Bobby's a super interesting guy. And so is Danny. So thanks again, guys, for coming on. Uh, here is a piece from Angler's Choice, guys. Known for its rich tradition in sport fishing, San Diego is home to the world-famous long-range fishing fleet. It's also home to San Diego's premier fishing tackle store, Angler's Choice Tackle. Located in the alpha position on Rosecrans Boulevard, a surface irons cast from Point Loma, Fisherman's, and H&M Landings. Angler's Choice owns the title as the largest Daiwa dealer in Southern California, packed wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling. Whatever you're searching for, Angler's Choice has it. Whether it's super hot new Daiwa Saltiga lever drags, the BGMQ saltwater spinning reels, the legendary Lexa Tatula Arzillion baitcaster reels, the super reliable Fuego LT and the ballistic LT spinning reels, the seaboard reels for kite and deep drop are the new electric reel covers. AC has them. If you're looking for the hot new Daiwa Zakana jigs are the J-Braid and J-Floro, they got them. Daiwa's new tackle barn, travel bags, travel packs, travel rods, got them too. Everything you need, Angler's Choice has it. Not to mention the nicest and most knowledgeable staff around. Stop in and check them out at 1910 Rosecrown Street in San Diego and follow on Instagram at Angler's Choice Tackle. And remember, as always, to support your independent tackle dealers, the lifeblood of our sport fishing community. Thanks to everyone that put in on the Patreon. Really appreciate it. Um, 86 baits. Thank you again, Matt Hom, for supporting the podcast this month. 
or last month. Greatly appreciated. I will be announcing tonight. Uh, I'm not sure time. Look at Instagram, but I'll put it on, on Patreon as well when I'll be announcing the winner of the uh, bait. So thank you again. And also, please check out our merch, castandcrankpodcast.com. We have some stuff left. We're going to do another drop pretty soon. Stoked on that one. And this month's Patreon sponsor is Working Class Zero. Thank you, Mike Gilbert, for supporting the podcast. Appreciate it. You've been a day one supporter. And uh, I'll be announcing what he's going to be uh, sponsoring the podcast with. Uh, lastly, if you're in SoCal and you want to come fish with us on Friday, jump on the charter. could really appreciate it. If you're not in SoCal, if you're in NorCal and you want to come fish uh, Calico, Catalina Island with us, please uh, look at the Instagram Message me on Facebook wherever you need to. It's Redondo Beach Sport Fishing. We'll be on the Navagante from 6 to 6. Fishing for Calico, Yellowtail, um, Benita maybe. It'll be fun time. Hanging out with some cool people. Sponsored by Real Happy. And Phoenix is uh, throwing two rods in as well. So please check that out. And lastly, for real this time, um, <laughs> please give us five stars on iTunes. Appreciate that. And check out the YouTube as well as the first episode. I don't know what we're calling it. But if you saw on Instagram, we're dropping a three-part series on Calico. So uh, it'll it'll be on YouTube this Friday as well. So check that out. And I will have a salt episode this week. I'm not sure who it's going to be on Thursday, but it'll be a good one. Appreciate the guy. Appreciate the guys. Appreciate the guys. Fucking dumbass. Yeah. Sometimes I can't talk. Sorry, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I hope you guys like this one. It's made for radio. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Cast and Crank. Again, you're going to hear a lot of this where we redid something. Um, we did the roundtable with the Delta, and I had Bobby and Danny on. As part of the roundtable, Phil Caesar, we redid Phil's episode last night. It came out great, and I wanted to do the same with uh, Bobby and Danny because there's a lot of history between uh, well, Bobby for the whole, you know, being a Delta. I don't want, I don't want to call you a legend if you don't want to be called a legend but legends are old (laughs) but i am that so So, i mean you know uh so you you've experienced the delta for a long time and you you, you're pretty famous for making the spinnerbait as well correct yeah um i spent a lot of time out here uh logged a lot of hours uh and uh yeah if that makes you a legend i don't know it just makes you (laughs) consistent (laughs) on doing the same old thing over and over again yeah right and uh so you Back to the baits. So, you know, let's do a quick rundown. When did you start sure. making those spinner baits? Oh, gosh. Um, probably uh, the first primitive ones, probably about 40 years ago, honestly. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably 20, 21. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was out of necessity more than anything. Um, I just started the bass fishing part. I uh, ran into a guy on the Delta and he was throwing a spinner bait. Uh, his name was Pat Young really good with the spinner bait but that back then the blades that you could get were out of bass pro shop they're little quarter ounce with a single colorado blade and with a little two-aught hook in them and it was just like you know i said well you know i had kind of a a a fly fishing tying background that was about it you Mm -hmm. know so uh, and i messed around with a few things after i got the the you know the greenie bug because uh once you're after you're catching trout and stuff for a while it's like oh geez these are kind of different these actually kind of manhandle if you let them <laughs> it was a lot more fun and then so that's kind of how i got to started getting into that and talking to him and he's asking hey can you do this can you do that and it's just kind of ran from there and then you take a lot of input from a lot of guys and uh um, you just kind of come up with stuff that they're all satisfied with but you can't always do but you can 
you can come pretty close a lot of times if you stick with it and, and, and you know, you know what you're kind of doing. Anyway. How long did it take you to kind of figure out like a, uh, so the other thing is blades or spinner people. Yeah. So blades, do you call them a blade or a spinner bait? I call them a blade. This just out of pure laziness, I think is really Well, no, my is. uncle, like when I started fishing, he called them blades and he's, mm-hmm. he's 72 mm-hmm. and he's been fishing bass clubs for like 50 years. You know? yeah. So he, he doesn't call them spinner baits, he calls them blades. Oh yeah. But there is blade baits too. Out yes. there, you know, so now you're yeah. getting a little confused. Yeah, no, but I just, too, uh, so. I thought it was a funny little thing yeah, to, yeah. you know, talk on, but yeah. how long did it take you to figure out like a, um, a design that you liked with the spinner bait? Was it kind of like break down like the wire, the blade, the, where you place the blade? Like how did that all come about? A lot of trial and error. Um, the, the key to a good running spinner bait is the distance between the line tie and where it goes into the head. Um, that, if it's short enough, you will never have a spinner bait that rolls. None of mine have ever rolled. Um, that was kind of the thing. You could crank them as fast as you can. The wire will collapse before they'll roll. Okay. So um, that, and that's kind of the, the main thing. Have a good enough hook that sticks, you know, stays what you want to do out here, especially out in the river here. Uh, you got to have something that holds up, you know. Um, I think you saw that today. Because the, <laughs> these, these, these fish can uh, can manhandle your baits uh, and uh, make short work out of them, which is unfortunate at times. But uh, good for the guy who's making them, I guess, in, in the long run. But uh, but it's mostly mostly. Um, uh, I would say that that's the probably the, the the biggest key, and then getting um, spacing between two blades if you're running tandems and stuff. Mm-hmm. That that was that was the whole thing. And and once you get a nice a nice bait that runs good and, and, you know, does what it's supposed to do and it doesn't roll over and it holds up. You're, you're pretty much home free after that. It's pretty simple at that point. But you had to figure that formula out. That was the whole thing. Yeah, or you, you do. to figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Only because people up here want your blades. You make them for certain people. So there's a difference between yeah. what you're doing. and It's, it's a bigger following know. that I ever thought was going to ever happen. <laughs> I got to be honest. Um, it keeps me extremely busy now for an old retired fart. But, uh, uh, it uh it's it's really neat i know phil did well um last weekend um i made a couple things for him that that uh, happened to put in put a couple extra fish in the bag for him when when that happens that's all that that's that's the deal right mm-hmm. there that that gives you the kick in the butt that to go out there and hey i want to make a better mousetrap and i want to make something better that that guy makes you yeah know? and 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 hopefully you know if i'm not fishing it myself which i hardly ever fish anymore anyway <laughs> at least somebody that's that's out there doing this thing for for a living or or close to it or whatever the case is professionally you know if it helps them a little bit man that's 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 a good deal for me yeah yeah that's that that's what it's all about um what did you make them because you your spinnerbaits you're using were they just not holding up well, i really didn't know much about spinnerbaits until i met uh pat young okay and he had a guy uh from clear lake area back in the day once we started getting you know wires and stuff and back then a lot of them we called them coat hangers because they were so stiff really um a, a guy up in uh, clear lake i believe his name was ron sneed i i'm not sure if that's the exact name but uh-huh. uh, he was making a light wire spinnerbait um nobody else was doing that at the time uh, i think hank parker had one his was light wire he won a classic with that mm-hmm. it was a little bit different it was a twisted wire trouble with the twisted wires and being light like that they fatigued very easily and they broke okay so um we kind of started messing around with bending our own wires some stainless steel stuff that we were we were working with um and kind of came up with our own and uh you know it worked out really well for a long time and you could go behind people with that bait back in the day and just there you know it didn't matter who you're following you're going to catch a couple extra fish behind him because wow. it was just a different vibration it really was yeah that's amazing too so it was kind of like a 
like a swim bait, like when people start first picking up a swim bait, it's like a new, it was a new thing at the time. It is. And, yeah. and it's just different. I don't, I can't explain it. Some guys tell me that it's, it's less vibration. Some guys tell me it's more vibration. I, I just say it's different. Did you look into that though, to making sure the vibration, the line, uh, I know a big people always talk about the spring back on the, on the, on the, if you squeeze a uh, spinner bait, mm-hmm. it's got to pop a certain way back if it doesn't or. Yeah, that was the trouble with some of the lighter stuff. Once it got crunched, it was hard to retune because yeah. it was just so thin that you could never get it straight again. And then when um, titanium came out, that was a whole different deal. Um, a, you couldn't, unless you had some sort of heating element, you couldn't bend the wires to, to adjust them. But mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't tweak out of, out of adjustment, which was kind of nice. The problem with, um, I feel, the problem with um, titanium is it sags. If you reel it hard, it collapses, okay. and, and it doesn't give your it, it eats up the vibration. I think. Okay. Um, what I use now is a super stainless wire that um, has a lot of snapback properties uh, that uh, uh, the uh, titanium has without any sag. So I have. I feel any like titanium breaks easier. It can, right? It can because it, you the only way you can bend it is with heat. Yes. And when you heat something like that, you weaken it mm-hmm. a lot of times. So. No, I agree because I mean I used to ride bikes and. The titanium frames, like a stainless would maybe bend or, you know, like mm-hmm. chromoly. Titanium would just break. That was it. You know, mm-hmm. if you took a good beating to it, it would, it would break, you know. Um, what kind of hook? Did you have to figure out a hook for that too as well? Yeah, or? I went through numerous different hooks. I started out with the uh, Gamakatsus and um, liked them, didn't like the price. <laughs> um, I had had some failures with them. Uh, the tips, the very ends of the tips snapping off. Now I use a lot of gamakatsus for my own personal stuff as far as worm hooks and stuff go. Mm-hmm. But for the spinnerbait part of it, um, if you, you, you're fishing around a lot of rocks and stuff, and if you ding one, a lot of times that tip would just lay over. And they were around ground, so it was hard to get that, that point back on them. Yeah. So I since have gone to a mustad um, uh, hook and haven't had any problems with that. That The tips don't lay over. They stay sharp, and you can resharpen them pretty easy too. So. Um. Then the next thing would be is like uh, you you probably have designed a lot of crap that you just never put out, maybe for yourself. And do you feel like the next thing would be you and Danny having the live wire, right? Yep. Um, can you can you can you come up with that that why you guys came up with that idea? Like how did it all come about? I I think the initial thought on that was. I kind of, you know, once once uh, Z-Man put the put the hammer down on a lot of people making vibrating jigs, um, I wanted, I, I was already making spinner baits. So I said, well, how can I incorporate the same thing and see what it does? See if everything can get to turn. And we, we worked on that for a long time. And I, I probably played with that for at least five years. It was wow. longer than that. I was probably pushing 10. Yeah. And it, it was just, just something that I couldn't get right. It, it's, I'm kind of picky how things come out because if I don't want it, if I don't, I'm not satisfied with it. I know somebody else is not going to be satisfied. You don't want to put your name on it. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, I don't want to make a gimmick and I don't want to make junk. And that's the whole thing. I want something that somebody's going to take and have confidence in that's going to throw it when he's fishing for, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 or a new boat or whatever Mm -hmm. the case is. Um, And fortunate over the years, I've, I've, you know, been, been able to do that. But uh, uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, we've messed around with different, uh, different blade styles and, and different jig heads and all, all kinds of stuff like that. My, my newer jig head that I, that I uh, have been doing now, it's a, it's a uh, more of an all purpose jig. In fact, we call it the AP jig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, um, me and D Thomas put our heads together on that one and kind of came up with the, with the right hook setup and got his blessing on it. And as far as, uh, uh 
somebody who knows jigs and how to flip them, man. That's the guy. That's He's the, the guy. I heard. He's that's the what everyone guy. said. So it's, it was really nice being able to work on that with them. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's it's been neat. And, it's, again, it's a jig you can pitch. You can skip it. You can flip it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a nice solid hook on it with a flat eye. And, yeah, it's just a good, solid, all-around jig. But, you know, you go through different stuff. I mean, we went through arky heads, and we went through um, banana heads and round heads and different stuff. I mean, it's just – each one has its own property. It's, it's still tough to beat a good old-style arky head, like an old original weapon jig. Mm-hmm. To me, in my mind, that's the best all-around jig I'd ever built, ever built. And uh, Gary, Gary Klein was the one who came up with that, and the, the, the original was just fantastic. It was a short, big-bite, 5 aught hook uh, on, a, on a, a modified arky head. It was a little flatter than mm-hmm. most arkies. And it just did everything, and it had that flat eye on it, and it came through wood really well. And back in the day, we fished tons of wood out here and tons of tulies and stuff, yeah, because we didn't have all this grass that we have now. So now it's all different. So, but uh, yeah, you just you kind of come up with stuff as you go. Yeah, somebody like I'm always listening to the guys that I make baits for. Hey, what if you do this? You know, and that's that's where you get more ideas because the worst thing to be in the bait business is not going forward. If you're just staying <laughs> still, or something, if you're yeah. just standing in the same place, you're going to go out of business because the same old stuff just doesn't always work. So That's the truth, and I feel like, uh, well, you have some people that feel that, like when we had uh, Don on, mm-hmm. and he's like, he thinks you could use four baits, you know, mm-hmm. like the four swim baits. He's like, you don't need anything else. Well, in my head, I still feel like stuff could get tuned even to something different, you know, like you could tune that a little more yeah. and it might not be inventing the wheel again, but it's you're, you're broad. You're, that's, that's a broad topic in terms of, yeah. you know, four baits. I agree with him hearing that, you know, firsthand from him. Scoot up a little, so. Yeah. Cool. Hearing that from him firsthand was, you know, I, I do agree. I, I, I do feel like the, you know, the four baits that you need in terms of a swim bait is, you know, a glide bait, some sort of wake, wake bait. My, you know, my idea of a wake bait is something that I could, they're all on the surface and crank down. So it eliminates two different things. Yeah. Um, a soft bait. And he said a punker style, and I agree with that because you're going to have some sort of big profile topwater bait. As far as who makes the exact bait, I don't think that that really matters a lot. I know that he mentioned a HUD. It could be a mag. It could be a battle shed. It doesn't matter. It's really your cup of tea in terms of what you want. But the whole idea behind those four baits is you cover the entire surface of the water column that way. You could be on the bottom, mm-hmm. the middle, the surface. You're throwing a completely different look at them with a walking bait as opposed to a waking bait. There's just there's a lot of factors behind it. So I, I agree with that aspect for the most part. But I think that if you're stuck in one train of thought and you just want to only have for specific baits that really comes down to the person yeah you know what i mean that's just a confidence thing at that point that's that's the thing too is and i mean just like you putting together the chowder bait and the spinner bait like it's something completely different and it's two different baits together um that comes into play like when you're making up something new like that did you get an idea for that from someone or did you go, man, this, this is going to might work this way. No, or? that was my own deal. I, I would at the time was fishing, uh, me and, uh, my, my tournament partner, Mike Andrews, which who had a, a ton of input on a lot of baits, especially colors. Um, a lot of them we didn't let out because they were, they were specific and we were winning <laughs> money mine, on they're them. Mine, they're mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, hence Mike's craw, uh, which was an awesome color. It still is. Um, we were fishing a lot of troughs on higher tides out here. So what the troughs were that we were fishing, a lot of them were between the bank and the weed beds when they first started. Mm-hmm. So I needed something 
I mean, we could crank a few of them through there, throw buzz baits or whatever, and frogs, and we did that. But I needed something that I could fish uh, maybe a little slower, but still come through that shallower um, little little trough that, that was there. So that what that bait actually ended up doing, it stayed up. I could slow roll a spinner bait shallow now. And, in order, and the only way you can slow roll a regular spinner bait is on the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it stays down. Where this will actually lift, and it was more of a trough bait, like I said, and that's how it, how it turned out to be. And then I had a few guys that uh, got a hold of them. And, and uh, uh, there's a few guys, Rod Brinzer, he's one that's out here uh, um, that really knows what that thing is all about and has put, put it to work. So and, uh, there's there's a few guys that that uh, have done that. Uh, late Billy Spence, mm-hmm. Danny's old boss, wonderful guy. Um, he was another one, and I think um, Rodney was the one who uh, he learned from from uh, from Billy. So there's a, like I said, there's a few guys that really tuned it in and knew what was going on, and uh, really used it for what it was for. When you first started using it, did you have like a lot of tournament? Like, did it pump you up a lot since you made that? Where you're like, wow. This kind of changed the game a little bit when you guys are tournament fishing. We use so many things when we were fishing because we. I, I'm a junk fisherman, and I have I, you know if I have a rod on the boat, I have ten rods on the boat uh, on on the deck at all times. So we used a lot of different stuff, uh, and and we would take and and utilize a a swim bait once in a while too to get that one bite that we needed. And a lot of times we got that. But I I, I used I'm a I used a lot of crankbaits, um, a ton of crankbaits, uh, lots of flipping. Spinner baits, uh, bladed jigs. Used a lot of bladed jigs. You know, won some money on that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it just uh, you know we we just kept throwing what we needed to throw at the time. You can't. So that was that, just another tool in the toolbox. It, it wasn't, is, and you yeah. have to have all these tools available to you, especially in tournament situation, because you never know what these fish are going to want. And we've and everybody runs into that out here. They'll go, "Geez, yesterday I caught them on a spinner bait, and now I, they won't eat it. And all, now all I can do is punch one." You know. Do and you feel like it. that's different though, because you're on the delta as well? I, you, you know, you're on a river system and not so much a lake. I think it's it's more crucial uh, crucial here, definitely yeah. because it because of the tides and stuff. Because everything's different on a daily basis, yeah. you know. And, and uh, where a lake will stay a little bit more consistent, you know. Uh, I, I think anyway. Uh, I know a frog bite will last for sometimes weeks and months at like Clear Lake. You know, you just go down there and just start throwing a frog all the time. Um, and <laughs> but not so which, much on the Delta. No, it'll be good for a day or two. Then and all then, of a sudden they'll yeah. just disappear. And you go, <laughs> what the heck just happened? I've just been murdering through here doing the same thing. And it, it just changes too often. So you have to have, tournament-wise, hey, we all want to fish what we like to fish with, you know. Um, if, if I could throw a, throw a crankbait and a jig all day long, I would. You know, <laughs> no, it doesn't, it doesn't it, work yeah. that way. He's not lying. No, not, not, not at all. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's uh, oh yeah, I <laughs> countless. I mean, countless upon countless about you know countless times on the boat, you it's know, cranking. and that's oh, yeah, that's the crank master right there. <laughs> there. No, no doubt about it. I mean, it's I shoot. I I learned all I know with a with a square bill and a crankbait from learning from him growing up. I mean, it's there's a lot more to it than what meets the eye, and it, it's you know amongst other things, you know, other styles of baits and stuff. When you learn the true potential on where you could put that thing, you know how to fish it in a specific situation. I mean, it could be the same thing, like, you know, how some people are. Even with a, a, now just watching how, you, like, I'm like, again, I'm not an experienced fisherman like you guys, but when I was taught using frogs, I was looking for, like, mats mm-hmm. down south. Oh, yeah. You know, mats all yeah. the time. Or maybe toolies if you know you're, you're going to get yeah. hit in there. But you kind of were using it different today where you're looking for little pockets where there might be open water. Mm-hmm. So you use that a little more. You think that's a 
technique maybe dudes up on the delta use a little more the frog a little more that way or not really everywhere they do that you think uh i think i think it's kind of fisherman specific i i just i prefer open water over you know don't get me wrong watching them blow up through a mat looking like a bowling ball is hitting the water is incredible Mm -hmm. but i like my chances of getting that fish definitely better in open water it's it's night and day granted i mean it's it's a completely different ball game it's like punching i mean you're punching through a mat yeah you know you're 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 going through the jungle to try to get that fish back you know what i mean and it's it's just different i just prefer open pockets i feel like those fish are around those open pockets because whatever goes through that specific area is going to be exposed so it almost makes it easier for that fish to eat it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean you have to really almost set a nail in a hit in a haystack fishing a mat you just you kind of have to you know yeah Bring it yeah, close yeah. enough to around them to get their attention. You never, you don't know how thick the mat's going to be. It's just open water. You don't even just, waste your time on the mat most of the time. Uh, like today, you weren't. You just moving for pockets. You didn't really. Look I don't for, like big mats. Okay. I like isolated mats. I like mats that are small enough where I feel like, all right, if there's going to be a big one, it's going to be right there, not one that's a football field long and I have to make a hundred thousand casts to try to figure out where that specific fish is. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have to see where the thin spots are. Yeah. Cause if it's too thick, they, they can't blow through it. And then you're kind of, oh, you're going to end up frustrating yourself because mm-hmm. you'll see them trying to punch through there and you go, come on. And they just won't. So <laughs> they'll just knock your frog. That's worse yet. That's so uh-huh. yeah, they'll literally knock your frog off the mat and they won't even make a puncture mark through the mat. Wow. There's just areas where the vegetation just gets too thick and they just, they can't do anything with it. I think that's a lot of part of the reason why I, fish open water a lot more i just like i like the probability of getting that fish in the boat yeah that's that's the main reason why i do it no i i mean it was just something i observed when we were fishing Mm -hmm. when i broke my fucking hook when it works it works (laughs) when it doesn't i mean they you know maybe you know maybe i should be fishing mats more often i know i know a lot of incredible fishermen especially out here that fish strictly mats okay they catch giant frogfish doing it's just location too i mean certain portions of the delta fish a little bit differently than others do so that's the that's the crazy thing on the delta like when we talk about it all the time it's like it's like having like 10 different lakes in one body of water mm-hmm. you know it is and, and different it, times of the day it could be different oh, you know? you're exactly right <laughs> uh-huh. you know that's the the crazy part and like with your tools maybe on the delta you got to have more tools than you would on a lake almost because definitely those, you know yeah, definitely like talking to Phil, he said he had like forty rods in his lighter. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. my god, yeah. you know? true junk fisherman. Yeah. That's that's a gift more than it is a curse, <laughs> in, in my opinion. But it, as long versatile. as you're confident enough to be able to think that, hey, no matter what I condition I run into, I've got a stick in that rod locker that mm-hmm. I know I can I can catch that fish. There. Even yeah. if it's for one cast, yeah, it's there for its own purpose. You know what I mean? That one cast is the reason why that boat that rod's in the boat. Yeah, you know. No, I I. I it's been a this trip has been like an eye opener on some of the stuff that people talked about even uh paris talking about bed fishing kind of like his perspective or mm-hmm. a bloody tail mm-hmm. on the fish he's like i don't think it's from the bed he's like a lot of the times i think they're getting close to the wall or something and rubbing up or it could be yeah he's like i've caught fish that were not even on beds that had bloody tails you know yeah. But that's a whole nother question. Yeah, I'm not. I I never could admit, uh, understand that too because you could see them once in a while. You catch one and go, "Well, I know this one's not not spawning or hadn't been spawning." So they could be breaking eggs up, you yeah. know, because the females will have to take and you know they'll beat themselves up a little bit to mm-hmm. to try to break that break the eggs eggs loose so they can let them loose. But I don't know for you know he he'd know more about that than, <laughs> than I would. That's for sure. Um, 
So did you, when you were making this, you making the spinnerbait for four years now, did you ever try to go into like a production or you just always did it for buddies? No, it was a, it was a hobby that was got, that's gone mad. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and you know, I never wanted it to be a business cause I probably, I figured it would probably end up, I wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much yeah. as I do. And, and that was the case for quite a while. Um, once you get, you know, orders that you know you can't get done for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and, and bass fishermen, I'm, I know I'm one. I want stuff yesterday, you know, and yeah. I get it because that bite, especially out here, changes. Mm. You know, it could be, you know, a day or two and that that item that you wanted or those baits that you wanted, yeah, I'll stick them in my, my bag for next time. Yeah. You know, and I didn't help that guy. It just kind of stinks, you know. And, and, and uh, so for the most part, you know, it's – it is what it is. You just you know? rather keep it the way it is going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now I'm retired, so I mean, it is it is technically a business. Yeah. But um, I just never wanted to get to the point to where I didn't enjoy going out and you know pouring a bunch of baits up and then powder coating and then tying and stuff. But uh, uh, I, I think you know for the most part, it's it's all good. You know, I, I don't dislike it. There's there's times when I have to take a break. You know, take a few days and just not tie anymore yeah. and just not even look at stuff for a while. And then, you you know, or take the wife to, to Tahoe like we did the uh, weekend, like uh, last weekend. Came back, I was running to go and I had a big old, you know, giant order to do for a guy and knocked it out in three days. So that was, yeah. you know, that, that, but I was dead on it after that point and it didn't, didn't bother me. I wanted to get it done. So. Yeah. Yeah. You always need to reset like yeah, that. Even yeah. like, you know, I had, I, I would have had like three podcasts set up today and I'm like, ah. Oh some stuff moved around and just going fishing a little bit. I'm like, finally get it to go yeah. fish. Finally. Oh, it helps. You know, like, <laughs> it all helps. come up here three, four times yeah. and not fish. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Fucking, you finally <laughs> got to experience. At least yeah. you didn't a hit fraction. At least it wasn't blowing 40 miles an hour. Right no, here it was nice. It yeah. was nice. Cause this it's morning. been blowing almost every day out here. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm sure it gets, it gets crazy out there it too. Does. When it blows. Would you, uh, would you think of your first Delta experience? I thought it was crazy. I mean, I've never pulled up like that where we started catching fish that quickly that big really quick that window it's that window that phil yeah. and caesar yeah. and all these guys are always talking about that's that's that window and we just so happen to stumble across it first thing you know yeah. what I mean? it, boy is that nice when that happens yes i couldn't believe it like i i think i probably would have had my pb on that it was it was big yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't have that I don't have <laughs> it a was seven, big so it's like i think it was there it was big um but just watching you guys just you know right off the bat mm-hmm. and even i caught a small one like off the bat i was like damn I said, this is crazy, you know, like you don't get, you don't get that sometimes. And maybe guys that are really good do it down in in, uh, SoCal, but I never experienced it. Hey guys, here's a quick piece from Phoenix. This is going to be, I'm going to, this is a recommendation I'm going to give for the Tiny Clash because this is what I've been uh, trying to figure out. When I was up there this weekend, I was using the Ultra Sunbay Classic 1 to 5 and it felt like it was a little too stiff for the Tiny Clash some might say I lost the fish because of that. I don't know. <laughs> so I changed it up. I got a couple of recommendations from some guys. And I have the M1 SMX-C82 medium light. So it's one to three ounce. I did throw it and caught another fish on it. And I, I really like the rod. So if you guys are looking at a rod for a tiny clash and you want a Phoenix, it's great price too. Not expensive. Check that one out. Uh, thanks for listening. Follow them on Instagram. And go buy some Phoenix rods at your local tackle shop. Thanks, guys. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. 
there are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Like that, you know? It's a wild place. When this place is on, It's that's the reason why there's the Delta Rats, those guys that don't want to leave. Because mm-hmm. this place, it's so special. Like, when you have those days... There's nothing that's going to beat it. Yeah. There's not a place on the planet that you'd rather fish. And it's just, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that it's so different in so many places on the Delta. So if you wanted, you know, let's go, let's go fish wood today. Let's go fish riprap. Let's go fish tulies. Let's go fish weeds. You know, whatever it might be, you have all those options. It's just a matter of driving to go find them. You know what I mean? That's the crazy part. Like I told my wife, I'm like, I could live up here only because the Delta is here. I couldn't just live by a lake. Unless it's clear lake and there's actually water in it. Yeah, it's, I, yeah. It's the it's the delta in lake form. That's yes. how okay, that's yeah, how clear go. lake fish. So like I need something like that because I, I like going to the ocean, you know, I'm like mm-hmm. if I don't have the ocean, I need something big yeah. I can explore, you right. know. He likes the ocean. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be you get seasick? I'd be ill before I left the harbor. Uh oh. <laughs> and that would have how to no, I would it's have, no worse I would than have here. none fun. Oh, it's not a good idea. You guys tried <laughs> yeah. to go out on a boat before? And you... cruise. I think the only time I've ever been on the ocean with you was on a cruise ship. Yeah, and I was sick then. The too. whole time. Really? You got seasick on the cruise and ship? And it was nice time. weather. It was just, I I have a, you know, the inner ear issue. I yeah. can't fly and, you know, different stuff like that. So, But you don't, don't know these things till you do them. And then all of a sudden, why have I feel like garbage? And why am I going to throw up everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I did that. We had a charter, and I did the same thing. And I'm like, half the boat did. Phil, mm. whack, everyone. You guys ended up staying out there for the night? No, we were there during the day, but it was a, it was to Santa Barbara Island. It's like a three-hour drive there. Oh, okay. So we, we're halfway through, and I'm kind of like, ah, oh, I don't feel You get that. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, ooh, I don't feel that good. And then I see Phil, like, go to the edge, throw up. Ugh. See, whack. I see there's, like, ten dudes throwing up. I'm like, ugh. Butch was on the trip. I'm like, I'm not going to throw up in front of Butch, dude. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. And I ended up throwing. I just made one head turn. And then was like, oh, here it comes. Like, you, there was just crazy. Oh, no. yeah. I just turned too quick. And I was like, uh-oh. Mm. But um, another question that Danny told me is you rep for Laurent. I'm just on the staff. I've been on the pro staff for 25 years or so. And uh, I got, actually got to do a deal over at Bass Pro Shop in Manteca tomorrow all day. So, um, you know, I... It's just I don't do that all the time for them, but uh, a lot of shows that I've worked over the years and, and whatnot, and try to help you know wherever I can. Some of the guys, local guys especially, they'll call if they got an issue if they you know can't get somebody to take care of it. So over the you, phone. but you do work. You'll work on them. Or? I, I don't really work on too much, but as far as you know, install stuff. If it's simple, I can help them with them a little bit. I install all my own stuff, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I don't want to be responsible for, for installing else, somebody yeah. else's stuff. No. More troubleshooting more than anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, the tech guys are the tech guys. If it's something that's bugging out in, in the in the hard drive or something, you're asking the wrong guy. I, I can barely use my cell phone. So when it comes to that, but if once once the uh, the graph is turned on and everything's working, I, I can make it work then. So. Do you guys have relief shading for the Delta or no? Um, we've got a new card that should be out pretty soon. 
Um, it's a CMAP card. It's mm-hmm. called CMAP Reveal, uh, and it's going to have depth shading and 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 stuff like that. that is, so. We have it for the coast, and it's a mm-hmm. game changer, man. Yeah, yeah. It is such a you know like it's good. Like there's spots where I'm like, oh, this is going to screw up all these these guys have you know littered with spots on the coast mm-hmm. for rocks boilers whatever mm-hmm. you could see them all now so you it, could see all yeah. those spots and be like oh there's a rock right there let's go hit it oh that spot's done now everyone's gonna be hitting that so it's a good and bad thing but you get to see a lot of things where it's like oh i didn't know it kind of did that yeah when you could see a bottom in a three-dimensional view yeah you know a mapping but it's still a three-dimensional view it tells you a lot about how that that seascape is or, or the bottom and, and what what it's like so um it, these these cards are all do that um which is another you know another feather in the cap you know so <laughs> are you big on electronics too when you're fishing out in the i am personally yeah. I, I mean i even use them out here danny doesn't use them pretty much out here in the in the delta but i i still just because every day i'm out there and with them i learn a little bit more and you know if i can answer a question just because i've done it it makes it a lot a lot simpler, and, and uh, when you can answer a question, go, well, this is what happened to me, and this is what I did, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but mostly, mostly in the lakes and, and stuff. I, I love to video game fish, um, as far as uh, <laughs> uh, you know, fishing and watching your lure down the bottom and catching fish, and and uh, you know, we do that uh, quite a bit up at, at uh, Lake Shasta, and mm-hmm. I've done it numerous lakes, yeah. around here and stuff. As long as you, you know, long if you can find them, you can. A lot of times you can catch them. Not always, but you can, a lot of times. Sometimes I hear people are running around following the fish and trying to get them to bite. Yeah, well, nowadays with our forward-facing sonars and stuff, like we have our active target transducer that we just happened to get finally. Um, and you can watch baits react, you know, fish react to your baits as it's you're ridiculous. throwing them, and it's instant. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Live. Um, this technology uh, is, if you don't have it, you need it because you're at a definite Especially if you're a tournament angler, oh, you got it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. if you don't have it, you are at a huge disadvantage because a lot of guys anymore, uh, and you'll watch it on FLW or, or BASS, the elites and stuff, these guys won't even start fishing until they see the fish. And you can't do that with standard standard sonar is easy, you know, because a lot of stuff that you see on there has already gone past you. What, yeah. what happens at the very beginning of that that uh, depth finder uh, face is what's happening. Um, with with the active target and, and – uh, uh, the other the other um, live live view sonars is that's happening right now, yeah. and it's updated right now. You know, every second it's it's what's happening at this moment. The only thing that we used to have in the past that was that was actually instant was the old flasher. You probably don't even know what that is. No, I don't. Explain. And, and it was it was a box originally that had a round dial and it had two lights. They had a center light at zero, and whatever depth it was at, it would go. That other light would uh, would go. And, and stay at say 40 feet and if you it was instant so if you were traveling and a lot of times for running around and finding shallow spots and stuff like that it was nice because it happened right now and you could you knew what, mm-hmm. if it was happening now you're in shallow water um but anything that there's guys that could read those things uh david fritz he was still up until as far as i know recently he was still using old school flasher units because they were instant and he knew exactly what was happening right now not not something that's already passed you you know mm-hmm. 10 15 feet away how long but, does it take for it to catch up then it's that far um it depends how fast you're moving okay. you know everybody i get that question a lot and it's all relevant to the speed that you're actually traveling if you're running you know and you see something on your graph you're running 60 miles an hour well it's it's yeah. behind you pretty quick yeah. at that point but uh um but the flasher thing that was that was crazy uh, uh i uh, 
fortunately, I had a um, about, oh gosh, probably 30 years ago, I got to go to the ICAST show when it was in Anaheim, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I flew down there, and I had to help bring a, um, a booth back with a friend of mine. Well, I got to walk around, and I cornered David Fritz, mm-hmm. me being a crankbait guy. I picked his brain. And he really explained to me on a bunch of stuff that, that I didn't know, but he also talked to me about the flasher and the electronics, what he was doing and why he used them. And then that, that was, that always stuck with me. Um, uh, his, you know, a crankbait's not just something you just throw out there and crank back. Mm-hmm. You can feel your, your bottom. You can feel what's down there with a crankbait. If you, if you fish it properly, I can, I learned that he says you can finesse a crankbait. You wouldn't think so. Cause it's kind of a power technique, mm-hmm. but you can finesse a crankbait. You know, and, and he goes, this is what I do. And he explained different things to me. And he goes, when you're run, running through something, it starts to tighten up. Feel what it's doing when it rolls over the top of that rock or mm-hmm. that piece of wood. It'll tell you a lot of stuff. Because back then, 30 years ago, we didn't have the electronics that we got today that would actually show you a stump or a big rock pile. So, um, I, like I said, but that's, then again, that's kind of So that's the hard part now is like, what are you missing from your fishing technique then now? If you have all this stuff. Do you think it's gonna, you're going to be missing? Execution. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to be yeah. able to fill the way you're supposed to fill a lure because you're looking at that live scope going, oh, shit. Right. Go, you know? Right. And, and it is. It, I think I, there, there's good and, and bad trains of thought about the whole deal as far as tournament stuff goes. Uh, if you don't have it, like I said, you're behind. You're not. Yeah. You're going to be behind the times. But there's, there's companies that these guys are hooked up with that don't have it yet. They're going to. Then all three of the major companies are going to have it. Uh, then it's not going to be a big deal at that point because then everybody will have it. But there's a lot of guys that would go out and buy a separate unit. Garmin. Say a whatever, Garmin yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And they'd put that on their boat if they were bird guys or, or Lawrence guys or they'd run all three. Because yeah. each company really has a shining point on at least something in their line that helps an angler with finding fish and catching fish. So what's fish. the difference between the Garmin's and the Lorance? The, it, uh, it's pretty much the same technology. I, um, it's ours is like a two degree narrower cone. So it's pretty narrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like 28 degrees. Theirs is like at, right around or 18. Uh, I think ours is 18 degrees. I think I want to say theirs is around 20. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like anything um, as it goes deeper or out farther, it widens out. So um, it's really it really varies between, you know, how far it reaches out. Yeah. As far as what they both do, they kind of do the same thing. Um, uh, as far as what the, what I've seen and what Danny has seen on, on ours since we've used it, and again, we haven't put that much time on it yet because we just haven't, well, haven't had it very long. Yeah. Um, is it's very accurate. You could, the fish movement is, is there. You can clearly see your baits. Uh, we've seen uh, swim baits and crank baits and spinner baits out 60, <laughs> 70 feet out in front of the boat. And watching and watch spots him, and watch him come him. up to it and yep. come up behind it and then just tail away. It's frustrating at times. Or or cast, you know, whether it be a Nico rig, wherever the hell it might yeah. be. But or they'll follow it down. Yep. You'll see them. You'll see a whole cloud of fish just follow that thing right down to the bottom. Yeah. Or you go, oh, there's a fish thirty feet in front of the boat. Cast out there. Now you're watching your bait fall right down on top of that fish's head. Let it hit the bottom. You no longer see that fish anymore. Fish is more than likely on top of that bait. Yeah. You shake it a couple times. Next thing you know, you're yeah. Your rod's loading up and you have that fish in the boat. It's, it's crazy. And I I kind of had a hate towards video game fishing to begin with. And I think that was more because of the fact that I didn't understand it. And I, 
he had talked, oh, you got to just, you just got to learn how to do it. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, I was so stuck in my own ways because I, I really don't use the graph as, the graphs as much as I, I yeah. should. Yeah. Being a Delta guy, I don't feel like it's necessary except for a very few things. That's the only reason why I don't use them that much. GPS for one, water temp for the other, and depth. That, that That's, and, and tides, tides. And, and tides. That, uh, but that's the reason why, like, like on on the front of my boat, when it comes to the Delta, I won't even put the front graph on. Yeah, I just I don't understand. You know where you're. you're at yeah, already. I'm not fishing deep enough where it's going to typically matter. Anyways, yeah. I could see the bottom, I could see in front of me, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. But with the lake, I had become so much of a Delta rat that I had allowed that to kind of cloud my mind in a sense of, you know, why these guys are catching the crap out of them because of their graphs, and I never really understood it until I saw it for myself. I mean, he had talked about it time and time again. I'm like, come on, it can't be that, it can't be that, you know, necessary. And then yeah. you see it for yourself or like, man, I don't know how I was doing it the other way before, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost like cheating. It really is like, it, it's, it's, it's scary how in depth some of, but these... it's kind of crazy like that. If you're fishing a tournament mm-hmm. and you don't have it, you're just screwed. Yeah. If it, if it's something that can put one or two more fish in your live, well, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> but that's the hard part. It's yeah, like, I yeah. heard someone talk about an interview or something like thinking, man, is this should this be allowed in the series? You know, like it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. It takes, I mean, it takes a lot of it, all these crappie uh, tournament guys. They all they all use them, yeah. you know, either the Garmin or, or you know, mostly the Garmin guys and and stuff. But uh, um, now that it's all the same, te- it's basically the same technology. We'll see where... Why did they want... Why did people want the Garmin? Did they come out first with this? Yeah, they had the first one that actually had really nice definition, and they still do. Okay. Um, Their uh, original uh, was called Panoptics. Yeah. Now, we had something that came out after that, which was called LiveSight. It was a wider transducer, wide, you know, uh, it didn't have the detail. It was more like Garmin's initial entry into the forward-facing sonar with Panoptics. Now, with, with theirs... And ours, it's a little closer, I would say. And okay. being that you already have, if you're already a Lowrance user, now now you can just add it to your to your product. As long as you have a um, a Carbon or or an Elite mm-hmm. uh, FS or a, uh, a live. HDS Live, yeah. And so you can always add it. Wow. Know? But uh, it it made it to where you didn't have to go out and buy. I want that technology, yeah, but you got to buy. But I got to buy somebody else's stuff. I got to hook it up to to my boat. Now, now I'm really into this for yeah. a lot of money. Where yeah. I, now I can just add a box and a transducer. And yeah, I'm good. I've got the same basic, um, you know, technology. So yeah, no, I mean, because I, I even heard Phil said like people are like turning their their sponsors down to have two different. Yep, absolutely, they are electronics. Like everyone, mm-hmm. well. I see we'll countless more money, guy. you know, just yeah. having two different. I see countless guy running guys out there running three different brands. They're running Hummingbird, they're running Garmin, and they're running Lowrance. Each one for their own specific uh, niches that they really cover better than the yeah. next guy. And that's that's, that's the what whole Wheeler deal. does, right? What's that? Wheeler's yeah, done all three, yeah. I think. Yeah, Wheeler was the first guy that I yep. saw do that, and it sure didn't hurt him. No, <laughs> no it didn't. That's that's wild, though. I mean, to to do the to think about it, like, hey, man, I, I'm going to have to not be sponsored because I only use all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like uh, you're, and, and you're, you think about it, you can get you could get into you know ten fifteen thousand dollars in electronics in your boat really quickly. Yes, you know, and uh, that's not even with multiple units. I mean, you're you're talking, you know, if you're a lot of these guys are running duels in the front and duels on the dash, and 
man, are you you talking four twelves or something like that, and and everything that goes with it? That's big bank, you know, Gosh. big bank. So and these guys are turning this stuff down, you know, to to buy their own stuff. So now they got to add that onto their boat price every year. Yeah. Um, and in order for them to flip their boats, if they're on a that kind of program, you know, that's a little that's more money that yeah, they got to get out right? of that. Yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah. So. You do you have any like help in in the design or do we go to no, shows or anything no, like that? No, with with us mainly it's it's just uh, we feel a lot of questions. We're more salespeople than okay. anything. Um, I try not to be that that guy. Uh, I try to explain to them what what kind of benefits. I want to know first and foremost what kind of fishing do you do? If you're a trout fisherman, man, maybe you don't need all this other stuff. You just need to find <laughs> you know simple, find some bait yeah. and and troll at that depth, and you're good to go. You know, it's like kokanee guys. You know, yeah. you really don't need all that stuff. But yeah. bass fishermen, it's a whole different deal. Crappie guys, the crappie tournaments, they're huge now. Um, they're, they're starting to work their way out here, but they're back east. They're just giant. Yeah. And these guys, each and every one of them, you'll see they've got some sort of forward-facing sonar in that boat. Otherwise, they aren't competitive. That's crazy. Crappie's that big? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yep. It's like bass tournaments here. Yeah, they get mm-hmm. lots of boats. Because you, you think about the old, so a lot of old timers man they're all crappie fishermen back east and stuff and they're kind of going well heck if i can make a couple of bucks doing this why not i mean it's you're not you know exerting yourself and yeah and uh you know travel you know running all over the darn lake to yeah. try to find different stuff like you would if you're bass fishing and you know it's it's something these guys are used to heck i can throw a little crappie jig at them and i think some of these tournaments you can even use minnows <laughs> you know it's like yeah. the, it's wow. like walleye walleye is the just same like way a, you same can thing, use base bag yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep, I think they're. I want to say that they're like a seven fish limit or something like that. And you, you see some of these guys that are averaging, you know, pound and a half and two pound crappies. Man, that's a nice that's sack a, of crappies. Gosh, that's a lot, man. Yeah, <laughs> I I know where I'd be doing. I'd be releasing them to the grease. Is what I'd be releasing <laughs> those things. I'd knock the sides off a few of those and put those on the table. Knock the sides off. Of them. <laughs> I like that. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm going to knock the sides <laughs> off you, betcha. Danny. So oh, right, man. right in the grease. Mm. Fish tacos. Oh man. So you do you make all the blank uh, spinner baits then? Too, I do. Well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that your company that you're you're selling, or is it? Blank? No, that's Danny's. That's okay. Danny and Caesar, and and that's all their deal. They they just buy from me wholesale, like mm-hmm. I would uh, to a tackle yeah. store. Just order through them. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, same thing with the live wire. Is yeah. that kind of like? Yeah. Um, There's only two places that we retail that live wire, and that's once is, is one is through uh, Blanked and also through Boatmasters in okay. Uh, Livermore. Okay. Um, did you get any kind of cease and desist letters for the spinnerbait? No, the, not at all. No. Does anyone else, does anyone else make one of those? Uh, I'm not sure. Some of them, a, some of them have tried to try yeah. to do some things, yeah. you know, but uh, they kind of uh, fall off pretty quick. There's there's people don't realize. I mean, obviously, he'll tell you the same thing, but people don't realize the amount of effort it went into Ooh, was building a lot, that. A lot of time. That's what and I'm saying. How much a little... The little simple details that don't look like much make a huge difference with that bait. Yeah. Whether it's balance, whether it's all, you know, all this, these different attributes to that bait that make it run the way it does. So, I mean, you could try to make it all you want to, but I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, it, it's it, like trying know. to make a prop on your outboard run properly if you've got a bunch of cavitation. Something's going to turn, something's not. To try to get a blade that's going back and forth mesh with two blades that are going round and round, it, it's hard oh, to do at the same time because mm-hmm. um, one's messing up the other as far as the um, as the the cavitation goes on that. So uh, it, it took us a lot of time, a lot of trial and error on that. Um, but uh, I think we got it right. The spacing of everything as far as between the top uh, top blade and the bottom blade, and uh, uh, one th- one thing I I will say 
we did have one big giant that came off of that. Well, some of the originals before we ever started selling it, it was Charlie Almassey mm-hmm. got a six, was it 16, four or something? Like? 16, three out of clearly. Yeah. Wow. Clearly. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was one it, of the original ones yeah. that we, that we did put you ever together. Pick, did you have a picture of it? Yeah. Did you did? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. He sent it. He goes, look at what I got today. Cause and that was one of the biggest fish that had come out of clear, like in a long, yeah. long time. It just recently got broke, but that was the first, fish of that caliber i think in the last two decades 20 years i yeah, think it's been, it was a long, and it long just time. recently got beat a couple years ago by the dude that runs ftmc he caught i think on an a rig but up until that point it had been 20 years since there had been a fish that yeah, it, caliber it was a giant that's a that's a a great marketing piece for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't expect it to be like that. Then I started getting, you know, he, the picture gets out and, you know, these guys say, Hey, where can I get one of those? And I, I really wasn't at that time. I wasn't happy with the end product yet. Uh, and again, I never want something to be a gimmick, something that you're going to see at 2 a.m. on a, on an infomercial, you know, I don't want like anything that like minute that. Banjo <laughs> minute. I, I don't ever want to have something like that. I want something that works. that's going to work yeah. for somebody else as well. Yeah. You know? It was, it was never a matter of it, not catching fish. Oh, it I did. mean, we, it caught fish him at uh, Shasta. Yeah. We were working with from, from day one. It caught fish. But everything catches fish at Shasta. Yeah. But it caught fish just about everywhere. Every body of water that thing hit it caught fish. It was just a matter of him being satisfied with the overall product of where it was finished. I mean, there's, the evolution of that bait, like if you saw the very first one compared to where it is now, it's changed a lot. dramatically. Really? Yes, wow. yes, yes. Yeah. Like lots and lots and lots of little differences, but different head designs, yes. wire sizes, diameters, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so fun, fun bait to throw. I mean, I and I, and I do feel like a lot of people, you know, when you first look at it, they might think, yeah, oh, that's a gimmick, until you throw it and see it for yourself. I mean, that's just. You know, it's a bait that's designed for a certain thing, you mm-hmm. know, and, and if, so it's mostly you know. trough. You're, yeah, you're saying, yeah, right. exactly. You know, it's a shallow, something you could slow roll uh, shallow and that's you, especially a spinnerbait. You couldn't do that unless yeah. it would, unless it floated, you know, you couldn't do it. Yeah, so. no, that it makes complete sense. Yeah, I It mean, just planes up and, uh, you know, works out good. <laughs> I mean, and we can make those in, in heavier sizes for guys that want it to stay down. Yeah. That's what I, are even, are you going to, um, What's the biggest spinnerbait heaviest you make? Uh, two ounce that I make for you some do. of those guys in SoCal, yeah, for for their calicos and, and whatnot. When did you start making those? Well, we got the two ounce live wire. We haven't started making a two ounce spinnerbait. Yeah, yeah, but it, it I is want both of those. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it's and it's it's something that we've discussed. We we there there's definitely a, a you know a small laundry list of baits that we're planning on bringing into blanks. Which you know the whole the whole idea behind it is you know my dad's not tech savvy he's never been an internet <laughs> guy he's, he's never been an internet guy so my no. my whole idea i brought it to caesar i'm like look hey what do you what do you think about selling you know pop spades through blinked he goes i'm all about it bring them in today yeah so i you know i reached out to him i'm like what do you think about that my whole idea behind it was you know for someone who's not on the internet not on facebook not on anything social media none of that type of stuff yeah. to be able to allow him to make some you know some extra money in the process, but it wasn't really about that. It was a matter of trying to get his baits and the quality that he makes into other anglers' hands for them to realize how good they can be. You know what I mean? And it's it's worked. Yeah. I mean, we we've sold a lot of them, which is nice. And it's cool seeing, like he's saying with the live wire, with you know, it was designed to be a trough bait. Across the nation, people are catching them on a live wire and they're not they're not even hardly fishing them in troughs. Yeah. With yeah. with you know, for their specific body of water. Right. They might you be get fishing a bunch them in pictures. thirty feet. Yeah, you've gotten a bunch of pictures and I've big seen ones man, getting oh, caught man. on it, you yeah. know. Someone's going to take that and just change app like a swim bait or anything else. They're going to mess with it and be like, "Oh, it's going to work better for me mm-hmm. here this way." Sure. So, I mean, I mean I, 
that's just what it was designed for. Yep. I don't know how you want to make it work. There's there's <laughs> yeah, a possibility yep. that you might find another niche for it. You yeah. know, I mean, it's always that possibility. No, I mean, uh, yeah, especially as and the cool thing is you get that feedback from these people. Yeah, so oh, absolutely. To, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's worked out for for the better, which has been nice, and it's you know obviously greatly appreciated. But there's more to come. I mean, we definitely got some stuff that. We're working on still the two ounce spinner bait is definitely something we've discussed. I, I told him the same thing. I'm like, look, yeah. I know we made we we got to restock the the two ounce live wires the the XXLs soon too. But spinner bait's definitely up there. It's, yeah, it just definitely it definitely seems like something that a lot of people like to throw down there. I'm you know still pretty green when it comes to the salt. I throw but, them. Yeah, I mean it's salt's pretty much just heavy bass stuff. Is yeah, what, it what is what you're using. You know, yeah. for calico, it's the same. Do I think maybe mm-hmm. someone else might yeah, think a lot, a lot of these guys that I talk to that go halibut fishing out here, they're yeah. just using bass gear. Yeah. A lot of them, you know, and I said, oh, that sounds like fun. And I wish I could do it, but I can't, I can't <laughs> go in the ocean. I'll <laughs> <laughs> take, he'll take the halibut fillets. Oh but. boy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> What's uh, the biggest fish that's been caused 16 on the uh, live wire. Yeah. As far and, as I am um, aware. What of, about spinnerbait? Oh gosh. There's been a lot of big woods caught on that thing yeah. throughout the years. Really? Yeah. Oh Yeah. What's uh, a, do you have yeah. a PB on, on uh, your bait or do you have it on something else? Actually, I don't have a personal best on any of my baits other than the fact that, uh, no, everything that I've done, uh, biggest bait. one is a, is a 1252 <laughs> or a something tournament. like that in a tournament I got. Whoa, and it was on man. a crankbait, you know, and that, uh, but that's nothing new <laughs> for me as far as catching fish on a crankbait because I threw it a lot. And I, How I big was that bag? Oh gosh, me and Andrews, we only ended up third that tournament, I think. But um, and it was kind of disappointing because when you have a, a giant in the bag, you know you expect to do better than that. But uh, uh, it wasn't what we thought. I don't. We barely caught a limit that day. And I think it was a seven fish limit. I think at that time, it's been quite a while ago. But uh, uh, there's been there's been other times when you know we've caught ten pounders and then one, and we've had another tournament that we had a twelve pounder and had thirty two pounds and didn't win and didn't have big fish. <laughs> What was the big fish had that tournament? Didn't Barrick win that tournament? I don't know, but it was 13-something, and we got <sighs> baked by, I don't know, a couple of pounds or so or whatever. The, I don't even remember. Oh and it was gosh. like, holy, I mean, how can you <laughs> yeah. How can you have a, a giant like that, 12-and-a-half-pounder? A, you don't win, and you have 32 pounds or whatever it was, and that was for, for five, and you don't get big fish. It's like, oh wow. Gosh. You know, tip your cap and you move on. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do, uh, when you were fishing the tournaments, were you fishing other lakes as well? I, I had, yeah. When During the old Red Man days, we kind of traveled all over the place, and we fished Clear Lake and Don Pedro and McClure and uh, Folsom even, and, and uh, uh, yeah, so we kind of went all over the place, you know, you and could, that was fun. And on the small tournaments, you, people make a living off of this? Could you if you're good? I, be, out, still, out here with yeah. the cost of living being such, I have to say negative. Yeah. yeah. You know, unless you have some incredibly paying sponsors, um, it's just not feasible i feel i mean a lot of guys i've ran into some guys that are just would would if they had the opportunity could make a living yeah they just didn't a either have stupid uh, kids get in the way well it's not so much like that it's, no no, <laughs> no. Uh, i never wanted to leave home like that i, I yeah. that was, wasn't for me if i had to go back there and I, I told the story before if i went back and had practice, and I, my practice was awful and not looking forward to the tournament and wanting to be home, I have no business being back there. You know, the guys that can do it, man, that's awesome that they can do that yeah. and their family understands. But, uh, um, and, and that's, you know, that, that was my deal on that. But as far as uh, the rest of the tournament stuff goes, 
you know, I, I wanted to have fun. Yeah. You know, and I was always competitive. I played baseball and softball and stuff and travel team and stuff. But it was, uh, I, you know, it's just that competitive thing. You just, you find something and you kind of, you know, you run with it and see. But as far as making a living out here, it's tough. You'd have to have some do very, have very generous of... sponsors because we have some great fishermen out here. Yeah. And like I said, some of the old timers that I ran into before, if they were a little bit more, um, I don't want to say smart, but more savvy to how things operate and not get taken advantage of mm-hmm. and had some the opportunities that some of these other guys have that really don't have the fishing chops that a lot of these older guys had back when I was coming up. We would have had a lot, a lot different situation, you know. As when far you say as getting taken advantage of, you mean like companies taking advantage? Yeah, of yeah. I mean, why why do I need to pay you a hundred dollars when I can give you twenty dollars in product and you're happy? But that that's how. It, yeah, but that's how it is, yeah, and yeah, and that's yeah. how it is now. But back in the day before '08, um, there's been a couple of guys that have really you know brought this to light. Um, a lot of the companies once that that big fallout came, a lot of the guys that hung on. They were just hanging on for product, and the, yeah. once the market got better, the gifts. So in two thousand eight, it dropped. The oh market. man, yeah, the fishing was, market, everything. Yeah, it was it was really really bad. The guys, the the big the, the easy money, the, the the free money stuff, long gone after that. Why so? Because uh, just the, the way uh, the the economy went. Oh, it, just that, the yeah. The housing okay. market crashed. The the uh, the stock market crashed. Yeah, you know it was pretty bad. You but know, it hit and, the fishing the fishing market. Pretty yeah, but badly. back then, some of those before that happened, the FLW. I think they're giving away a million dollars for the championship. Now you 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 see a, a three hundred thousand dollar event at the end of the year, and that's as big as it gets. Yeah, the money's never came back. Yeah. even though the economy has, these companies are going. Well, I just stick more of this stuff in my pocket. You know, or they can go to social media, that's or get the, a YouTuber that's the and whole go, hey. deal. The pros nowadays, and these companies are figuring this stuff out. When you have one pro that's selling or or representing a company, say it's a bass boat or whatever the case is, I've got thirty guys on the internet that are reaching way more people, and I don't have to pay them. But that and see, that, that's that's ethically like as a company, I'd be like, I don't want to. Have someone representing yeah. the company that yep. can't fish. Yeah. I mean, it, there was some big, I'm not saying can't fish. Maybe right. don't have the knowledge of some yeah. of these guys that, you know. That's it, that's it, why the social media savvy pros, though, are the ones that you really see on top in terms yeah, of Yeah, they're the making bank on both sides. Yes. Yeah, like they're making Ayler, bank on both like sides. All yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all those guys. If you're, if you're good at both, it's a yeah. lot, though. You know yeah. what I mean? That's a second job. Yep. You know, and I mean, I know, I know quite a few, you know, of the guys that – fish the big circuits and stuff and they they don't want anything to do with social media they they feel like hey i do enough here right you know i do enough there but that's I don't not gotta... enough anymore per no, it is not no. and, and like i said since the economy came back and came back with a vengeance the monies these guys were weren't happening anymore a lot of guys were getting you know multiple six figure just to just to put that jersey on and go fish yeah that's not happening as much anymore you know you got to work hard for that now. You do, it's, it's, you do, and you have to stay up on on the on the social media stuff. Uh, I, you know, I, I look at somebody like Skeet Reese. Yeah, he's got a channel now, uh-huh. which is fantastic. Love Skeet. I've been a big fan of his my whole life. Fished against him a few times, and his brother Jimmy. No way. Um, and uh, it was really really cool. I've been fishing with Jimmy a, a time or so, and and uh, just wonderful wonderful guys. So, um, but those guys are doing the stuff that's going to garner them the most 
the most uh, money as far as for their fishing and stuff goes. So if it's mandatory these days that you have some sort of social media skills and some sort of channel to advertise who you are representing on that day or that year or that month or whatever the case is. You could be a fucking half-ass angler. There's a lot of guys that are. (laughs) There's a lot of guys that are. And that's, that's absolute truth, you know, and, and uh, they, they don't do well in tournaments, but man, they've got enough to to make a living and buy a house and feed their family. Life is good. Just because of social media. You bet. You bet. Life is good. It's completely changed the game in in terms of that. And and it pisses off a lot of anglers. And I know, I know a lot of big names that I've talked to, you know, whether it be at ICAST whether I've ran into them at a show yeah. and they all say the same thing, you know, like it's frustrating because of how much it's changed. And it is a negative if that's your life and that's your career. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you're, you went from having to focus on fishing. Now you have to focus on not only performing on the big circuits, but now you have to focus on your image as well, where you have to put off these, you know, this content and these, you know, all these constant videos, whatever the hell it might be. But, you know, a lot of companies are trying to require guys to do more now, which I I mean, exactly. And I can understand every bit of the frustration because, you know, when, when you're, you know, a professional with anything, professional, anything athlete, well, I'll leave it at that. You want to focus on your craft. You don't want to focus on any of the other bullshit. You know what I mean? Like if there's all this other stuff, it takes away from, you know, your 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 tunnel vision on what the actual goal is in that regard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're going to go try to win the Bassmaster Classic, but you got to focus on, you know, and, and I'm not saying that it's that drastic, that it's going to be, yeah. you know, completely take away from your fishing. But it but can take away time from your exactly. either research or whatever. family, for that matter, yeah. for the limited amount of time yeah, yeah. that they might have with their family. Now they got to still remember to do this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or it's just, it, it is a lot. And I, and I, and I do... And the crappy thing is, it's not going to change. No, it's it's only going to get not worse. Going back, it's going to be more like <laughs> it's going to be more like okay, you're going to have two different types of fishermen. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. going to have like yeah. a social media fisherman or yeah. a, a professional. And the thing is, is you're not going to be able to tell them apart. You'll, you want to know why? Because yeah. from the from the the person that's not into fishing, Joe Schmo's YouTube channel looks the same as Brent Ayler. Because guess what? They got more followers and more, and more subscribers, yep. so they look. I can find them easier. I can watch yeah, them yeah. easier. Yeah, and it's, I'm not trying to knock on the YouTube. I mean, it's. I think it's more of the company, the industry's fault of going. Hey, yeah, let's back something that you know this guy just. This could help promotional wise, marketing wise, but yeah, you know. Um, and I think that leads towards the frustration of what the anglers deal with because they see, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna bad mouth these specific anglers, but they see, you know, a YouTube angler who's, you know, clearly not on the same level dude, as look them. At, I mean, look at John B, dude. I mean, really, he's done yeah. it. He did it. But he's they done. found their niche. Yeah, uh, and and I, I'm not a fan of Guggen whatsoever. Yeah. I, I think that they're just everything about him. I just don't, I don't, I don't stand by it. I yeah. just don't. Their whole deal was brilliant. Yes. They're, Absolutely they might not be brilliant. They, they're better anglers now than they were. They've improved mightily mm-hmm. when they first started though they are very 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 intelligent businessmen is what it comes down mm-hmm. to they found a niche and they ran with it and yeah. now look at them i mean they're they're at the top of the world in terms of <laughs> fishing yeah, yeah. and and mm-hmm. if you talk to a lot of people that still you know obviously don't like them and it's not that i don't like them personally i just 
It was just a matter you of... You don't back their representation. Exactly. Fishing. Exactly. And it's because of the simple fact that, like, come on, man. Like, and, and really, it's audience. Because their, their product and their content that they, that they produce pertains to every age level. And now they're grabbing the young kids. The young kids are the future of the and, sport. And you know what? And that's actually really a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because there's getting a lot more kids into the fishing part yep. of it. You know, they're, they're looking at their YouTube things. Hey, you know what? I'm going to strap a camera to my back when I go down to my local pond mm-hmm. and I'm going to make a video. You know, if I catch a fish or not, I'm going to make a video. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the more participation we have in this, the more all of us survive as far as the, 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 the manufacturers and the dealers and everything else, which is fantastic. Um, I just think that, um, uh, that there's, it's going to continue to do, to do that. And I don't think that's a bad thing whatsoever. I think is the many, the more the merrier as far as it but goes. But it's going to make it a struggle for uh, tournament anglers. It, and the, and it it's going to be because, like, for instance, let's say Phil, okay, because he's been on the podcast, mm-hmm. amazing angler. Absolutely. He might not have the sponsors he should because of, you know, Instagram or maybe possibly something else, you mm-hmm. know? Who knows? But that that what if it Phil wasn't film? What if Phil didn't have the job he had? Mm-hmm. And what if right. Phil was like, I couldn't afford and to do that? A lot and, of guys are in that boat. Yeah, they really, really yeah. are, and that's sad, you know, because there's yeah. a lot of talented out talented fishermen out there that just don't have the financial means to make it go forward. And, and I think now, and now the financial means isn't by getting a sponsor; it's by figuring out your worth on social media, mm-hmm. which exactly. is, I, I I never even thought about it that way. You're kind of right; like yeah. it's it's a whole different ball game now to become mm-hmm. a professional angler. Yeah. Well, and on top of that too, I mean, I, that's also a location thing. Yeah. I mean, you look at anywhere else except for the West coast and you look at tournaments and you go, Jesus, they're, they're having a Turkey shoot on a Wednesday night and it's drawing 200 boats. That's I'm then I'm not it's kidding huge. you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what they mean? do that you, all you the time at, back east. Yeah. You, you look at out here, a Turkey shoots got four five, ten 10 boats. The Wednesday nighters draws 40, 50, 60. Yeah, they draw, That's incredible. They draw really well. That's incredible for Wednesday night here. But Very well ran, it's too. It's a fraction it's really nice. in terms of how it is elsewhere. And I think that the problem because of that, I think the reason why the tournaments and, and you know, the limit there is on, you know, even FLW not yeah. having a full pull with people showing up and stuff. Yeah, that was pretty a, sad. A lot of that has to do with the fact there's too many circuits. There's too you many think? circuits and there's too many options. So, like, you have rookie circuits and then you have the pro circuits. If you eliminate the rookie circuits and basically, and it, it might deter some people, but if you want to be a tournament angler, you're just gonna you're gonna. Yeah, but that's how. But like the rookie circuit would be like the opens are like your BBTs, yeah. your future pros, stuff like that. And it's it's not a knock on them. It's just, but isn't that the way to get into the pros? No. You no, you just to. show up and fish it. Okay. And take that's, your, yeah, take your lumps. We all did. Exactly. Uh-huh. You and, know, and, and it's, that, we, we have a diluted product now, yes. which is unfortunate. But it is. You know, these guys figured out, you know, to, to do these uh, rookie and amateur uh, um, tournament circuits, which is great for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's wonderful. But if you're going to do that and you want to draw, this, this is where our diluted product comes, comes uh-huh. in. So now we've got five different circuits and we're getting. 25 boats here, 40 boats here, 30 boats there. When before, when I was fishing teams, we would get 150, 200. Oh, it's drastic. Oh, so yeah, that makes sense too. So you're splitting up. Yeah, so now the the money isn't there for that either. And and now you take the option away. So if you, and and, and it's nothing against a tournament angler. I grew up fishing tournaments. It's just not what I do now. But 
you take that option away and you don't allow for it to be, oh, you can or can't fish this. Now that dude's going to show up for the tournament. And they're going to fish it. Yeah. That's one more entry. Yeah. Now we, we might not be on par with how it is back East, but we're getting closer to those numbers of how they used to be. Because yeah. now when you look at a turkey, it's it, it, tournaments are sad in terms of, of show up. Like you look at how many boats are in some of you're going, man, it's such a well-run organization. It's brutal to see that they only have 30 boats show up. Yeah. Yeah. We have too many, even, even in the amateur part, there's too many divisions. Yes. There should be just one deal. Here you go. That's your niche. Yeah. Here's, here's the others. Everybody else piles in mm -hmm. from there and they should make it a limited deal. You can only do this for two years. Mm -hmm. You should so learn. Some people you can learn. sit in rookie for how long? Oh, forever. Yeah. They, and Forever. they never they never get bumped. There's guys that so can you be a rookie and, and sit and win the tournament series like three or four times in a row? There's been guys that have yeah in certain of these circuits that have uh, won the TOC and a couple times and then finally they push them on to the next the next thing yeah. because they're just cherry picking at that point yeah. you know and it's sad because yeah. that's not what that circuit was designed no. for either yeah you know if you're if you're gonna be a big guy you fish with the big guys. You know, you it's a get take your, your feet lumps. wet type Look, of thing. We all yeah. took our lumps. I took them constantly too, you know, like anybody else. But, but that makes you better. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely it does. You learn. Yes. You yeah. learn. And when you win and you beat the best of the best, man, you want to talk about the feeling of feeling on top of the world? Yeah. You just beat the best anglers in that specific body of water that are well known. Yeah. Now yeah. your name is right next to theirs for that event. You know what I'm saying? Like that. If we just eliminated those those rookie circuits and those, you know, you could still have your your regions. Regions are fine, but yeah. the the divisions just have it all opens. Have it anybody could show up and fish it. Just fish the damn tournament. Mm -hmm. You have that option. You no longer have these lower event show up rates. You know what I mean? You're going to have a lot more people show up, and really the quality of our tournaments are going to continue to escalate that way. Like it's it, it really is a bummer where we sit now because of the amount of options you know what i mean and it's and don't get me wrong you're a first-time tournament fisherman it's it's really freaking intimidating when you show up and you're like oh, fuck oh yeah. shit mm -hmm. that dude that yeah. guy uh, that guy's name is on my rod yeah you know what i mean yeah. but well, that, all, all that means if he wins you're fishing for second still good money at second place yeah <laughs> and the more boats that show up in a pro circuit i promise you you're gonna be showing up and making uh, yeah, hell of a lot more constantly money. talk yeah. about payback man yes. get the boats the payback goes up with there's more boats mate. yeah there's, there's your winner it's it's not it's not rocket science yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it really isn't you, will you lose a couple circuits maybe yeah but in reality in terms of the sport itself the product's going to be better. look if those guys want to fish tournaments they're going to fish mm -hmm. you know they're going to put up and they're going to get better mm -hmm. and if they're not then they're probably not going to fish tournaments anymore the ones that will, they're going to stay there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's just, it's just going to be that simple. You, you know, it's the survival of the fist when it comes to mm -hmm. that, but it, that's how it is. It's unfortunate, but that's how we keep our numbers up. And uh, we're just not seeing that right now. And yeah. We haven't for quite, it's not just right now. No, it's, it's happened for a long, long time. What we need is an, a new influx of non, you know, not in this, the, the, the fishing realm sponsors. You need stuff from outside outside the fishing beer stuff. jerky uh, yeah, your, your stuff, food stuff you know. look at, yeah. like i said i talked I talked about this before like yeah. bridgeford that is awesome that's a good one, that's man. that's fantastic you know but yeah. what about hey look at i got crystal geyser water right here nice ice and cold who doesn't drink water when we're out in the boat or or david and son sunflower seeds or, or the the sunflower seeds that you were getting from uh what what i can't remember the company had like off the top of my i head. couldn't even tell you either but i mean but, but stuff like Oops. that you know it's Food stuff. So, uh -huh. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, 
there's there's monies there to be had. Clothing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's already growing. Yeah. COVID alone. I mean, you look at you look at how many fishing licenses were bought last hey, year. Have you been to previously. a tackle shop to try to buy some reels or anything yeah. like that? No it's, one has. Yeah, to. it's thin. It, it's it but that that's a testament to how much the sport's grown and it's and it's wonderful. You know what I mean? It's partly to that. Yeah. yeah. It has a lot to do with it. But, but there's this also is the bad part. Companies don't need to spend any money. Mm-mm. No, but that's the bad part because they, for instance, advertisement. Yeah. No one needs to spend money because it's selling right. itself. Yep. Advertisement purposes, yes, but I, I think that in reality. Well, hey, that's my fucking purpose. I need that. No, I, no, right. <laughs> no, I But, but in reality, <laughs> the more that the the more that the sport continues to grow, the better yeah. off everyone's yes. going to be. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's it has the opportunity. It's just a matter of us being able to capitalize as anglers to get it to that it's, point. Yeah. And you have a lot of, of, of uh things in the way now too like what we were talking about instagram could influence mm-hmm. that one way um if a, a person that is better at marketing than another person that's mm-hmm. a great angler it's, it's there's a lot of different yeah. Yeah. factors there's and, and i think there there might be some hard feelings with some of these anglers some of the old school guys that don't do that you i know? could i could see i could yeah. see because there's animosity like, for sure you know man hey yeah. i'm way better he the guy's probably like hey i'm way better than this guy i yeah. have way more wins I beat yeah. him multiple times, mm-hmm. but this guy has these big sponsors yeah. because he knows how to sell them. Ra- Randy Blockett did a did a deal on the Informative Angler on YouTube a while back that I just it was like last week or so, and I read it. And he was explaining about what's going on with the with the sponsorship stuff, mm-hmm. and that's what, exactly what you're saying. The monies that are getting, you know, hey, I don't. It doesn't matter. I don't care how many wins you have. This guy has on this internet deal and this this YouTube or social media. I get he's got. 500,000 followers. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? Guess how many guess how many depth finders or or how many crankbaits I can sell through that guy alone. And that's what they're doing. And that's it's is it fair? No. Um but it's <laughs> when these guys start doing it, like I said, it's genius. Absolutely it's the name genius. of the game, I guess. Yeah. Now it's like It's business. Yeah. It's business. Cuz there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of dudes that that are taking that away yeah, from yeah, the like pros. Yeah, like he flat know. out said, it don't it doesn't matter how many tournaments you won. It don't now. They want to know how much product can you sell. But then, what if you're like an old school guy, or you're really good, but you just don't have the money to back it? It's it's sad. It it, it is. You know? It is. And I, like I said, yeah. over the years, I've seen that happen lots of times, and it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, very. It's almost a changing of the guard in a sense. Yeah, and it's, and it's, right. It's yeah. the new. It's a new era. Of, it is. Well, even look at swim bait fishing. How popular mm-hmm. that is. Like you, you get guys out there with boats that are a hundred thousand, hundred. They're just swim bait fishing. They're not even. Yep. They're not even conventional fishing. They might just right. be, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's grown so much. And I mean, it's granted, there's people that do throw swim baits because they see their buddies doing it. And it's, it's, it's a hype thing to an extent, but you know, to the, to the true people that are out there fishing a swim bait to throw a swim bait, to learn, you know, a new tool, to learn how to fish that bait. I mean, it's to each their own with that. You know what I mean? Like if that's, if that's the reason why you fish more power to you, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, I think the first swim bait stuff that i can remember seeing it, it came from down southern california some of those those Kistake. lakes steak it was i want to say it was probably it wasn't steak nope. but it might there's earlier stuff too but you always see a guy in a tin boat with a uh, trolling motor because it's electric motors only lake and they, they're out there pounding it with a huddleston yeah you know in the back that's that's what i remember probably first huddleston. and foremost you know they're just throwing the huddleston all day long and i'm going wow and when they hook up yeah, it was a big fish. <laughs> you know, it was a giant. But if you're a tournament-minded guy like I have been pretty much my whole life, 
man, it's hard to savvy that. And it's just a tool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It but is. then you yeah. got to put the time in to learn. That's a hard, you, bet. you think that's a hard one to learn. See, hey, look, that guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he's not afraid to take and throw that thing all day long because yeah. he knows when it gets bit, it's going to be a big one. It took you a know? lot of hours and Me, time on the I water to get I don't know that. There. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I just don't fish that way. But that guy that has the confidence to do that, it's with any bait. If you have the confidence, you're going to throw it all day long. Okay. I don't care what you're doing. Oh, that's how you learn it, right? Yep. I mean, <laughs> it's like gambling. You know what I mean? You only hear about, you know, the wins. Yeah, you only hear about the wins. You, 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 don't, you don't hear about the losses. How many times has, has that specific person gone out? They might have, a, you know, a 19, 20-pounder, whatever the hell it might be, but they don't really talk. I mean, unless you ask them, they'll tell you, I'm sure, but they don't talk a lot of times about how many times they've gone out and blanked and never caught a fish or even had a sniff. They blank it. Oh, come on. <laughs> but it's just, you know, there, there's a lot to it. So, I mean, if that's the type of, you know, if that's the style of angling that you prefer, yeah. you know, more power to you. That, that's that's awesome. I I do a little bit of everything. I know I've gotten, you know, shade from Chris Purcell a few times for that because, you know, over here throwing other stuff besides the swim bait. But fucking Senko drop shot in front of <laughs> what, hey, whatever, whatever it takes sometimes, Mr. Man. Wacky Senko. Oh, shit. <laughs> It's no, just, I mean, but it's to each his own. Like, uh, I talk about swim baits a lot. Mm-hmm. How much do I swim bait fish? Once a month, maybe. Yeah. And it's because I calico fish like a motherfucker. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, that's yeah. what I do. And it's it's easier for me. To, I love all kinds of fishing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll throw a frog. I'll do whatever if I've never punched. I didn't never punch before I punched today. Yeah. Like, punching the kelp. Same shit. You yeah. know, like. It's relatable. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, I mean, I, I'll do anything. I don't give a shit. You know, like, I'll fish anything. That, that's the thing about fishing. You can do it however you want to, in any kind of way that you want to, at yeah. any kind of level that you want mm-hmm. to. I, I don't care if you're sitting on the bank casting out uh, clams for catfish. Yeah. Do it. And it's fun. Do it. See, you're I enjoying would do that too. You sit back there <laughs> and you're enjoying the outdoors. You're outside. Yeah. You know, you're, you're the people that we want outside. You know, this is, this is a whole deal. Yeah. You know? I, I just... Yeah, over the years, you've just seen way too many people. And I'm sure you've seen it more than... <laughs> I have. You've been doing this for 40 years, yeah. dude. It's a long time for yeah. someone to speak about ups and downs, and, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, when probably no one wanted to fish, and you didn't see right. anyone were to, like... It's probably its peak right now, you think? No? I Yeah, I would say so, because I... Shit, when I was a kid, all my friends would say, you're going fishing again with your dad? Like that's you don't you don't want to go. Dork, he hangs up his dad because they knew me. Well, yeah. you, you, you don't you don't want to go out to to Six Flags with us yeah. this weekend. You, you're going to go fish with your dad instead. Yeah, it was just fun to me. Now, fishing isn't that way. If you say, "Oh, I'm going fishing," oh, let me go. It never used to be that way. Yeah. Now, now, and I mean, going back to you know the Guggen guys and the guys that got into that 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 per you know. That's content is viewed a lot by the younger generations. That's a lot of the reason why it's changed the way it has. Yeah. And I, I applaud that. That's awesome. Cause fishing's not dumb. You know what I mean? It's not boring. I mean, it might be boring to, you know, wives and girlfriends and stuff, but <laughs> you know, to like, to see the youth really start to, you know, grasp at a young age, want to fish, yeah. want to be on the water, want to be doing all this stuff like that. That in itself is awesome to see. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, cause it, it has changed completely. Yeah. And, you know, over the lifespan, you know, or over the time that I've been fishing my entire life, you know, it's completely different. God, it's changed. I've been fishing for 10, 11 years and mm-hmm. it's changed from then. Like yeah. before message boards, you know, like kind of that was the thing. And then it mm-hmm. went to YouTube or then at Instagram and it all changed again, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, it's, it's grown fast, dude. And it's, I don't see it slowing down. No, That's the thing. No. 
That's well, why look I at like, boat sales, right? You can't even get a fucking boat. It's, right it's now. unbelievable. No, it's, it's unbelievable. I was talking to Tanner two yeah. days ago, and he says, "I wish I could have, you know, I wish I could get boats right now." He says, "Because I could sell a bunch, dude." You know, I mean, it's, it's incredible. He says they're like six months out. Isn't it? Uh, who knows? We'll it's see. Incredible. Yeah. We'll see what when it all changes. Hopefully, yep. Everything kind of calms down a little. I, think, I know it's good to have this much movement of product and stuff like that, but. Fuck, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it, nuts. It has to end at some point as far as, you know, what's going to happen next economy-wise and mm-hmm. everything because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people bought boats that uh, probably probably would have never bought a boat in their life, which is fantastic. If you once That's why I'm waiting to buy my boat, that so, one that they can't afford anymore, and I'm getting it. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking that's coming. That's coming soon. It, yeah. I'm sure there'll be a few, a few waiting around for the repo, man. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm like. Yeah. I'm going to – I can't afford a new boat. No way. So I'm like, I get to use one, but if I wait a couple of years, they're going to be a couple floating yeah. around because people are either going to get be like, this isn't for me, or yep. you know, oh, this yeah. isn't. Yep. So I now I can stay inside now again. So I'm all yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> I can go to the mall and hang out all day. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's people throughout you know the dawn of time that go through that phase. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they've been fishing for thirty years. I don't even you know I'm not even really into this anymore. And they just sell all, everything that they got. And yeah. On to the next guy that wants that boat. You know what I mean? It's just here's a question that Don had. Don's statement he made about the cycle of the of the bass seven years. You think that's? Yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I think so every, every see, place you, goes through that. And you see that. So that's a very interesting thing. So you think if a fish got like used to that bait in another seven years, you could pop that bait up again, and it's gonna do the same deal it used to do. I'd think I think it's still going to be effective. Look at the spinnerbait. How many, how long yeah. that's been around? Right. You know, yeah. I mean, everybody kind of put it to the side once the the vibrating jig came out, and then all of a sudden uh, they started getting a little wise to that. It's not as as good as it was. It's still really good. And the bait. crazy thing about the spinnerbait is like, like I said, I learned. My uncle goes, I throw blades and stick ups. That's yeah. all I do. Yeah. Okay. I don't slow roll it. I just right. Anytime I see some stick ups, some toolies, like the couple sticking uh-huh. up. Go past it, you know. Yep. Get a fish. I, Jimmy Houston, he throws it to where he can see it. I got, I got to be seeing it, otherwise I'm not fishing it right. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's caught more fish than I could ever imagine. But uh, on his private lake, yeah, I'm that too. I, I wish I had a private lake like that too. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think about it? I mean, the spinnerbait, the lake cycle, and I think fishing gear does too. You know, I mean, it just depends on on the situation of, of what body of water that you have. If you have some changes to it, like we've had out here. Some major changes Drastic out here, changes. you know, without the the weed growth that we've had, that's been all nuked out of here. But um, you know, it's changed it, changed it to more of a dirtier pond than what it, like like it was twenty five, thirty years ago. Yeah. You know, and we flipped jigs and toolies and <laughs> you know, and rocks and wood, and you know, that's all there was because we didn't have the grass. Now so, the grass is fucking everywhere, man. Yeah, yeah, but the water's still not where it. it dude, I, when I when I tell you that there, you go into places and it's as clear as that bottle. You didn't see anything like, like, that, like today. that today. <laughs> no, of course we've, we've had. Wind yeah, the wind. The, the wind has month. factored that, yeah. and you will find water clarity yeah. and stuff like that. But I mean, it's compared to how it was. Like when he's talking about. I mean, when I when I was a kid, there was there was no water clarity. No. it always had a stain to it. Yeah, you know, it so was, your black and blues, and your black and red, brown and yeah. orange. You didn't see you the know? bottom in four or five feet of water. No. If that wasn't. Yep. No, it just didn't happen that and way. I didn't throw a ton of ton of crankbaits back then. You threw something that made some noise, spinnerbait. You threw a jig with a rattle in it mm-hmm. and, and yeah. toolies and stuff, and that's what you pretty much did. You know, we didn't have Sankos back then. 
Um, once the water started cleaning up, that Senko was the deal, man. You could pitch a six. How or was a that? When did you? When did you start using Senko? How year was that? And how effective was it when uh, you did start? Using it was it? fantastically <laughs> effective. Unbelievable. <laughs> were you uh, like, wow? Yeah. You know, we we got to the point to some some of the places we were fishing Big Break back then. Big Break was phenomenal. We had a lot of tournaments going out of there. So we had basically an instant restocking program. So once you caught them, they weighed them in, you know, and they let them go pretty Perfect. much out there too. So it mm-hmm. just restocked everything out there. Um, you would come up to some sparse toolies. You'd flip that Senko in, and we were flipping it, you know, no weight, uh, Texas rig, six or a seven inch. So we're pretty big piece of plastic. Yeah. What size line were you using? Uh, 20 or 25 pound test. Okay. Uh, it was mono back then. We, st- we didn't have any kind of fluorocarbon. Uh, Till til later so on, the, yeah. The stretch you had when yeah, you had this, yeah. <laughs> you're so, probably like, yeah. so so you'd watch it, you'd flip it in there, and you'd watch your line go then, and then would take off, and then just kind of go in there, and just wait till it tightens up, and then you just lay back on them and yep. put them in the boat. Who uh, who showed you the cinco when you first? Uh, Mike Andrews. He did. Yeah. Where he he grabbed it at a tackle shop. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, I I fished it with him. Um, we fished that a ton. I mean, we we would go through bags and, and bags every weekend yep, yep. um and uh that put a lot a lot of a lot of you know a lot of dollars in our pocket mm-hmm. that bait did it really really did we had a couple of specific ones that we threw certain colors uh and that was pretty much it and we would use the seven inch on you know certain occasions mm-hmm. you know um especially if we already had a solid bag we'd start flipping that big one around um but most of the time it was six we never even we didn't have a five inch sanko in our boat Wow. We'd, if it wasn't a six or a seven, we didn't have it. Did you start nail awaiting them at all? Or? We did not. Never. We did not. We never wow. fished at Wacky ever, uh, and uh, which was unusual because now I'll, I'll throw a, <laughs> a five-inch Wacky Rig Senko mm-hmm. and skip it under a dock in Discovery Bay or whatever, yeah. wherever I'm at. Um, and that's, you know, that's a lot of fun. I can catch some fish doing that, but we never did that. We didn't have to. That was the thing. We didn't have to. You know, <laughs> that the big bites were there. Yeah. That damn Senko always was just the go-to. When it came yeah. to, you know, we'd be fishing in tournament together, and it's just, we need that one bite. And, I mean, more times than not, that. How long did you guys fish together in tournament? Long tournament? time. Did it you really? quite a bit. It was probably, well, it went in, in two different stages, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, it did. There was fishing stage and there was paintball stage. Yeah, there <laughs> and was. then there was and your there, sister was better at fishing there, than you. There was <laughs> well, he had to find the replacement somehow. <laughs> did your but, sister yeah. ever? Did she fish a tournament with you ever? Oh yeah, yeah. she fished a few of them. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. She yeah. cast a co- cashed yeah. a couple checks. Yeah, she did. That's Not as cool. many. No, no, don't you know? No, but your sister can throw bait caster. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. She, yeah. she fishes fish. my brother-in-law. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put that on record all the time. Yeah, all, all the time. Oh, awesome. He just he gets a little frustrated about that. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes, I, I don't even want to take her out because he bought a he bought a boat a couple of years ago, and uh, it was funny because I'm not taking Megan on until I catch a fish in this boat first because I know she's going to catch the first fish. <laughs> yeah. So we end up meeting out at Hogback. They were coming from Yuba City, so I'll meet you out there. And so he wanted to help me. He wanted me to help him with his electronics and also how to run the boat because he never ran one before. And so we get out there, and naturally Megan went went with us. And he had a battery issue that day, so she's still fishing. And of course, what does she do? She catches the first fish, puts it in the boat. She, ah, I got the first one. You know, one of those type deals. I would have pushed my wife out of the boat. Oh my gosh! And she, (laughs) he wanted to. Yeah, but you know, I think that's how it worked. I when I started bass fishing. Uh, I had my my six year old. He's six. He's sixteen now. And then uh, his little brother. And the and the um, fucking. I can't even think of him right now. 
the stroller. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, okay. oh, yeah. So I'm like, uh, we're we're fishing, and I had a Castmaster, mm-hmm. and I was drop shotting, still trying to catch a bass. This is when I first started. Never caught one. So my wife's like, I want to fish. I'm like, here, take this one with the Castmaster. And we're at the little local pond. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, I think I'm stuck. Come here. <laughs> and I grabbed the rod, and it's. I'm like, you got to fucking fish. And she caught like a two pound large mouth, and I was like. I'm never taking you fucking fishing ever again. <laughs> the cast better catches everything. Dude, I was, I've was. i been trying for fucking months, dude. I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm like, you fucking suck. You know, like, I was so pissed, but that's how it works usually. <laughs> yeah, it the happens that way. Hey, but it also keeps them, you know, it makes it easier the next time. Hey, I think I'm going to go fishing this weekend. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I think I... Think I uh, did after paintball? Did I come back and keep fishing tournaments with you? Or did I go, uh, go directly start fishing with Sean? I think we started fishing really? with Sean because I was uh, tied up with uh, with Mike and we were yeah, fishing so. a lot of tournaments. When did uh, so, so I think it was really the only the only the the phase is what it was. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. shit. It was. But how this is a, years, this probably. is a question. So how old were you when you started fishing tournaments with them? Probably five, five or six. Probably I was young. Yeah. When did you When did you seriously start like? Like when he was nine, did you were like, okay, you can do this and catch fish. I'm going to do this. Well, it was at the point where he got me into, I remember, I still have the damn thing, but it was at the point where like, you know, when you're, you start learning how to use a bait cast, you go from using your Zebco push button, spinning reel, whatever that was. And he got me a Corrado Bantam 50. I still have the reel. It's still sitting in my house. I'll never get rid of it. It's sentimental, but it, it was, it was at the point where, you know, I'm a kid new to this this whole bait caster thing we're adults and still blowing these fucking things up <laughs> but he got to the point where he where he outsmarted the bait caster for me and he'd, he'd go down a certain distance in the spool and he put a piece of electrical tape so it couldn't bird's nest past that point yeah so that naturally you know not only would it train me to be able to pick out that bird's nest down to only that point but it just you know and that and that was shit i, I don't even know when that reel That's came a great, out but uh tip for kids like Absolutely. like my son and it worked yep. my it worked. my i my i put my um my middle son in a turn a uh, spotty tournament mm-hmm. and we sat in the front yard for days keep casting okay again they pulled out just that's a good point yeah but, and that's mm-hmm. what that's the easiest thing to do just a little piece of uh, black tape mm-hmm. electrical tape and make sure it's down there and then roll you know reel the line the, the line over the top of it and that's as far down as it'll it'll bird's nest once I'd, you get I'd it, probably so. i'd probably say serious tournament fishing though with you is probably Probably seven or eight, probably. Uh, maybe, yeah. Something like that. answer that, not you. Yeah, we, we probably. <laughs> He's like, mm, no, I, I, I tried, 13. I would say. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was, it was way before that. So yeah. what did what was, what was did you get him going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just asking, like, hey, what was the thing? Like, you knew what you could do, so you he was your partner. What did you go, okay, I need to get him going on this so he can kind of start catching fish? Gosh, I kind of just made him kind of do what i was doing uh-huh. i think for the most part you know if i was throwing a crankbait he threw a crankbait yep. and and uh if i was dragging a fluke or something like that um yeah, that's what he would do as well and mm-hmm. you know if we were throwing buzz baits or whatever i just put know, him right it, on top of it with you yeah. yeah yeah just you know hey better to have two two baits in the water than one it taught me know? a lot of versatility is really what it yeah. did yeah you know how I mean? one do you remember when he caught his first good fish on tournament oh gosh i don't know because he caught quite a few I remember yeah. losing a big one and costing us a TOC. <laughs> yeah, I probably did. No, I was the eight pounder. Hey, did your dad? Did your dad ever get mad? No. Uh no, not that I not That's that I can good. remember. I remember not him really. falling off the off the pole seat, breaking his thumb in a tournament. And oh, kept on fishing. Fuck. Yeah, that I was did. fun. I did. What I, I stepped on I, my uh, rain gear. I guess the pant legs were too 
and I had stepped on one of the cuffs and uh-huh. I lifted the wrong leg oh. and, I, and it was a little bit rocky and I went to grab the pole seat and it spun around backwards and it was either hang on to that and lose my thumb or go in the water. Uh-huh. And it was cold. It was, it was in the cold. middle of wintertime. And I said, oh, I think the thumb's going to go bye-bye this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> And then for... I ended up having the neighbor come after I had it casted and stuff. We had a T. We had the T. No, we did have the TOC to come up there. So I said, uh-huh. "Here, here, help me cut this off." Uh-huh. So he brought a pair of uh, what the heck was it? I think they were like uh, uh, some sort of they're um, bolt cutters, no, they're they? sheetrock shears or something, oh. you know, or sheet metal shears. Okay, and so we cut it off there and taped it up, and away we went. And I, we fished the TOC that way. Uh-huh. So. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mom, mom wasn't too happy. I was going to say no. She was not. <laughs> but you're still being an RM. Cool. You're oh, so yeah. uncom. You're <laughs> uncompliant patient. <laughs> uncompliant patient. You used to there's, me that there's all the fun time. shit to do. Did you guys win a TOC together? No, not, we didn't win any TOC. TOC. No, just, just a few few tournaments. Uh, really? You know, we fished a lot of the hook circuit yeah. together. Because uh, have you beat your dad in a tournament? In the same tournament? I don't know that we've ever fished against each other in so. a tournament. No. I I I would say I've won more. After I stopped fishing with my dad, more more first first place. But me and That's him, he, well, shit. He, me and him won won a decent amount of first places in some of the tournaments we fished in. But we had a lot of like bridesmaids. We we won. We, we finished solid. Amount of yeah, seconds we were pretty consistent for the most part. Forts, but I mean, it was just was it that was, when you were fishing those tournaments with him? That was like the club tournaments, whatever it was. You would just fish. That would be your partner. In that. It wasn't like a there kid. Was the hook yeah, yeah, it was the hook. It was yeah. a regular okay. team. You okay. know, and a lot yeah. there was a lot of father and son okay. teams that were doing this, yeah. which was great because you know you're trying to get everybody involved in, in the whole thing. And back then, you know, we it wasn't you know we'd get forty boats or whatever it was. It was it was nice, fun. Didn't cost a lot, mm-hmm. so you could learn. You know, I, I started out on a bass club. You know, and that's mm-hmm. where I learned a lot. You know, and, and it was a deal to where our club didn't uh, give away any money. Mm-hmm. Um, it was you you paid your dues at the beginning of the year and it was uh five dollars for big fish or something like that so if you want anything it's if you won the big fish so i and that was a draw so you had to catch your own fish there was no team team event a lot of the clubs that are out now are all team events team event, yeah. and they combine weight and we never did that um and most of the guys that were there they would if they were really kicking your butt they would help you you know he goes hey maybe you ought to try this you know or you're not fishing this correctly you know, and, and you, so you try to pass that on down the road as you get a little bit better and you become one of the old guys and, and, uh, in that same thing. But, the clubs, man, I, I have a lot of heart for, for bass clubs. There's not as many of them out anymore as there used to be. Yeah. Our old club disbanded years ago. Um, and it was, a, it was one of the better clubs in, in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it was unfortunate, you know, that, that it did, but the participation got to the point to where the guys that were fishing a lot, they had to spend their time fishing for money. Fish, yeah, yeah, tournament guys. A regular tournament is not just club club events, you know. So, yeah, that's about my uncle said the same thing. Like that's where he started. In the beginning, I was going to do something like that, mm-hmm. but then I started saltwater fishing. I was like, all right, I'm going there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then I ended up. They have the same thing. They have rookie division. So I entered mm-hmm. that this year, and uh, the best I did was third. That's match. great. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. like a fifteen something pound bag. Nice. So, but the same thing. Looking at tides, like you guys were looking at tides, yeah. going to stones. Yeah. Ready to hit the tide twice. My buddy got seasick. Oh. So I'm like, dude, we got to hit this spot one more time. If we would have done it, we probably would have took first. But I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, just tell him to lay down on the boat. That always helps No, he, dude, he was being <laughs> such a baby. And I hope he's listening to this. I'm like, he, and he's my best friend I grew up with since I was little. So it's like he, he went and he bought a whaler. He put a brand new nice. 115 on it. Like, it, it's a badass boat. And then, uh, yeah, he got seasick. And I'm like, fuck. And it was fun. It, you, I learned a lot. The pressure is just. 
completely yeah. different. With oh, it is. Oh, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> you know? The blast off jitters, all that shit. I mean, it, it's, it's like, I hope it's my different. first spot has a fish on it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, it's always, you know, you, you have the doc talk. You have the people that are trying to intimidate you from, yeah, from blast 20 off. 20 pounds every day. But <laughs> when, when you realize that it's you versus the fish, it, it, it simplifies a lot more shit in terms of quit worrying about everybody else. Cause it really don't matter who the hell you're fishing against. You have to catch your fish. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? So if you don't show up with a bag, that was on you. Your preparation yeah. didn't, didn't, yeah. you know, line up or your execution didn't line up the way that it needed you have to, to figure out that you don't fish like that guy and that mm-hmm. guy don't fish like you. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it's, it's just that deal. You have to fish the way you're comfortable fishing and, you got to put that out of your mind. But when guys are coming up to you, you go, man, I've been on them. I'm on them. You know, I've been catching 20 pounds every day or 25 pounds every day. I'm going, I haven't been catching that. I've been catching 15 or 12. You I know? have a buddy that, that fishes the saltwater tournaments, my buddy Jeff. And he's like, this is what I do. I get old pictures and I post them up. Like, <laughs> There's guys that do that up here too. There's guys that do that too up here. Uh, and he goes on them, and uh-huh. he'd be like, you know, five big fish. You'll be like, what the fuck? Just make sure they're not any black and white photos, yeah. you know, so they're from Polaroids. Grandpa's Grandpa George from 1930. Oh, or you know what shit. they'll do is uh, at the SWBA. This is an older tournament. It was a bigger one. Um, the, the the main dude that ran it, Eric, would say, "Oh, I would go tie on everything wrong." Like you know, Carolina rig in there at, in the salt. He tied a Carolina rig on oh a frog. My God. You know, guys are looking. What am like, I what missing? And then people. He said one time he's he's driving, and he sees a dude throwing a Carolina rig because he saw what. Uh-huh. Was- <laughs> yep, these guys. Are- like, yep, <laughs> it's like the batter staring in at the catcher. You oh, that can steal a sign. <laughs> if you if you can mess with somebody's mental before blast off, half the field. If you know, not I wouldn't say half, but. Those the, there's some people that will legitimately be out of that tournament before they even make a cast. It, it, it just appears. messes with them. Oh yeah. shit! They've been catching 25 pounds. So, oh, I got to change my game plan. <laughs> I'm on. <laughs> I'm on 15 pounds. You know what I mean? And it's it's all it, it's a strategy, and it yeah. and it works for for some people. It works. There's people that. Oh man, <laughs> I, I was so confident coming in, and now I don't even feel like fishing this damn. Yeah, now I'm ruined. Yeah, <laughs> thanks a lot. Now I can't even do it. It's, it's dog talk. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like showing up to a body of water you haven't fished in forever, and the dude at the tackle shop's going, oh, they're catching the shit out of him on a drop shot. Make sure you're throwing this one here, and he's trying to sell you on this specific <laughs> worm. And then you go, right on, man. Where should I go? Oh, you go here, here, and here. Here's GPS coordinates. You go there. You don't catch shit. Zip, and he nothing, just sold nothing. you on $100 worth of tackle because he's the jerk off drop just trying to feed you some dog <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. We had a fish die off. There's no more fish in this lake. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's not bass here. Yeah. There's no bass here. Oh, at did all. you want sorry. you wanted to catch bass? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Thought you were talking about catfish. Uh, <laughs> are those other ones the pike that you catch? Oh yeah, Sacramento Pike. Yikes. <laughs> you talk about something that'll destroy a spinnerbait. Oh yeah. They did they, oh, they will, gosh. really? Same yeah. with a striper. Yeah. Oh yeah. You you catch you catch a pike wall. Pike are just out of control. You catch a pike or a, or a striper on a spinnerbait, just retire your spinnerbait. You catch pike, you'll catch them a lot, the Sacramento pike? Nah, it depends on where you're at. I mean, I've caught more in, in recent years than I had for a long time. But I mean, I've, Do people target them or no? I, I think some of the um, the big uh, striper fishermen will go to try to catch them and use them as bait. Really? Uh, it's a, you know, it's one, if you tie one of them on that are probably 15 inches or so, yeah. you're looking at, but something about 35 pounds is going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. They, a lot of guys will do that. They'll fish live bluegills and stuff out here too as well. You guys well fish hunters? You ever fish hunters? No. I've not, no. Never. It looks fun, man. Did I you did do it that in, in Florida? Yeah, you did I it did in it. Was it fun? Fuck no. Really? 
I, I just can't do live bait, man. I did You've it. You've never on, gone in the ocean. And flipped, I did it uh, off the charter. I did yeah. that off the charter last year, and I caught halibut, and it was cool, like but it's, fly lining. Is that yeah, what they call it? fly yeah. lining anchovies. It's yeah. just I'm. I don't know, man. It, it, it's not the same. I, I grew up off artificial, so to to take <laughs> to take the effort out of it my ADD kicks in and it's just brutal. You know what I mean? Like, it's just when you just sit there and just like, I went to Okeechobee and this dude, it, it was one of those bass guides that, Oh, we're going to fucking get them. I've been cracking them. All <laughs> my clients, yeah, all my clients have been catching 50 fish days. We're going to whack them. I think we got, I don't know. First four hours. I think we got maybe five bites and he goes, Oh shit. I didn't, I didn't want to have to do this, but we're going to have to go in and go get some shiner and go float some shiner. And I'm like, float some shiner. I came all the way to Florida. Did you take baits with you? Everything like yeah. you take rods and everything. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, I mean, I brought bass. I, I brought Delta shit. Yeah. Cause that's Okeechobee's. It's like a <laughs> Okeechobee's like a giant Frank's track. Yeah. Big old yeah. Flat it's bowl. huge. Yeah. And it just looks like a giant Frank's track. And it's just got, Tulies, bull rushes, whatever the hell you want to call them. It's got a lot of the similar structure, and sure as hell, we end up freaking floating shiners. And did you catch fish? Yeah, I caught a couple three pounders, and I caught what what we caught more of was freaking gar. How was that? They fight good, but man, I I, I didn't go there yeah, to I'm go catch that, that shit. <laughs> you're the guy. You're taking it off. <laughs> they're 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 trippy looking. That's for damn sure. And they they eat weird. Like they're 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 a jolt. Like they they they're not like a they'll pop your bait real quick. They're a jolt like a pop pop. You ever caught a barracuda? No, kind of like that. So I I'm sure I'm sure yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. They, they look kind of similar. That <laughs> that big long lanky fish that are full of power and Slime destroy sticks. anything. Yeah, <laughs> destroy. I'm sure it's the same way with yeah. what was Blanchard catching the other day. Oh, he was catching pickerel. There you go. He was at uh, oh. Cayuga Lake. Yeah, and uh, he's I guess I think he's he's actually from originally from New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, he, I don't think his family still lives back there or whatnot, but he was fishing Cayuga uh, and he was catching pickerels. And he says, there's good, there are good things and bad things about catching pickerel. At least the pickerel follow the same bait that the bass do yeah. back there. So they were, he was kind of pinpointing that day on, on uh, uh, yellow perch. And he actually saw one and he actually caught one with his rip bait. And it was the same damn color as, his, uh, as the yellow perch, you know? So, yeah. you know, that's what they're, that's the bait that they're queued on. But those fish that he was catching at Cayuga, I'm telling you, they were absolute footballs. They look like clear lake fish. Yeah, they did. Beautiful, super clean. There was nobody else out there fishing, Wow, you know, and he's so out fun. there in his kayak and he's just smashing him with a bladed jig. Just Crush smashed him. him. He's a tournament guy too, right? He does kayak tournaments. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. Seems to do pretty he's, damn well too. Yeah. He's actually yeah. up at uh, Clear Lake, I believe, today fishing one up there. Nice. So. All right, guys, let's wrap this thing up. Let's plug okay. uh, anywhere we can get the baits. Is uh, this going to be blank? And can people do custom orders through blank? So say they wanted to get to your dad and be like, "Hey, we want to get two ounces uh, live wires." Or, or something. No. No, not not right now. Okay. It's just too much between between other orders and stuff we got going on, and, and him being as busy as it is already. Okay. It's just we're trying to keep it simple. It's it's the whole goal is to try to get those options to the customer and to the anglers at some point. But for now, just the, custom what, what orders are just not they're just not okay. feasible whatsoever. But yeah, I mean, if you if you want to get a hold of some live wires, you know, some spinner baits, you know, G heads, whatever it might be. I mean, blankedoutdoors.com. Um, if you end up going to blank.com, we have it in the, the drop down bar. You can go to the store and find them. 
Um, like I said, we got plenty of options coming. We're, we've been working or, or on some could, colors. Yeah, or you could come into the Toxic Bait store or, or, and he's or got the them on the wall. So. Or the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got them here too. And what's the other shop that uh, they have your stuff at? Uh, a few few places. Uh, Jimmy's uh, Clear Lake Outdoors up, up at uh, Clear Lake and Lower Lake. Um, I have uh, Hooked Tackle and I own. Okay. Also, um, there is uh, uh, Boatmasters in Livermore. Mm-hmm. And also right here at uh, Bethel Island area um, at uh, Dave's Delta Outdoors uh, carries pretty much most of everything that I make. Okay. Buzz baits, spinner baits. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on again. And Thank you very much for having sober us. Talk Appreciate with it. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what this is. And your son. Yeah, it's weird without <laughs> the, beer. I've drinking well, two I waters. I drink two beers. But, <laughs> um, but anyways, it was a good to get you talking you know yeah. like yeah. an actual yeah. good conversation going i didn't realize there was that many people are interested so that's kind of nice i just do <laughs> it's just, i just that's just what i did yeah you know? i don't know what else to say you know? well there's a, it's always interesting when someone has history that's the thing yeah. is so people you know delta guys might go oh i remember that or oh this that yeah. you know like yeah so that's what you you relate somehow that way you might not even know the guy you might just have met him once and he knows you or right who knows right yeah. and, I, and that's when i one thing I can say, I've met a lot of great people over yeah. the years, you know, either through the shows or tournament wise and, and not fishing tournaments anymore. I miss a lot of those guys. I don't get to see them anymore. Yeah. And I think that's probably the biggest deal. The biggest thing I'm missing more than anything. Um, I just don't think I'm going to fish any more tournaments. If I do, it'll be at a very low level. Why don't you we'll get see. on Instagram, dude? Get him on Instagram. Oh gosh. Cause I, then I'd have like to I run said, the account. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least you, <laughs> you might have buddies that are running. on there yeah. that could go, Hey, how's it going? You yeah. could, you know, mess it'd be more Facebook. Normally anything, I see a lot probably. of those guys at, yeah. at the big show over in, in uh, Cal Expo, but okay. we haven't had that this last True. year. So it was uh, yeah. a little thin. I didn't get to see some of my, uh, my buddies that come in there, which, uh, which was kind of, kind of tough, but yeah, you know, as long as they're all doing healthy and fishing, more than me okay <laughs> it's all good at that point <laughs> well thanks both of you guys thanks for thank you for having appreciate us. it nick all right thank you, thank you.